gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, Super Friends, welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 69 for New Comic Book Day, August 16th, 2017. I'm your host, Ken Rose, sitting along with me here in the basement of the Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. Hello, everybody. Ken, we're getting old. We're almost, yeah. we're almost this at is, 70. <laughs> these are climbing rapidly. Yeah, they are. We're doing them every week. We're pumping them out, so I'm glad you guys are stay tuned with us through this long journey, and we got plenty more coming to you. Mm-hmm. And speaking of plenty more coming to you, we sound like we're at the CW shows because we got a lot of news on that today. Oh yeah, we got a lot of um, CW news that came out. Um, they're finally starting to release some stuff about what's going on. We've actually got some more Titans news. Yeah. What it is is every week you're getting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we get into it, I had a little theory. I don't know if anybody out there is big on Netflix, but if you've been watching Justice League Unlimited like I have, Young Justice and the regular Justice League show, they took that off of the streaming service. Now, is Young Justice off now too? I think so. Wow. I typed in Justice, and I'm pretty sure that would have came up, too. And Yeah. Not, huh. So. Well, you know what it is. They're getting ready to release that new streaming service. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I, yeah, I thought it was weird. I'm like, you guys are taking it off right when Justice League movie is coming out in a couple months. So. Uh-huh. Hey. Well, the, maybe the, the, we've not got any news about when this is going to start, when this is not going to no, start. No, we don't. We, and they don't even have a name for it yet. Exactly. But they may be planning to release this or drop it right about the same time as the movie releases. That would be a smart idea. I think it would be a good marketing decision. Yeah, drop it in November? Yeah, why not? Actually, what you do is you um, tag a commercial for it right on with the Justice League movie. Yeah, do it. Like, hey, new streaming service, boom, you there do, you go. Well, you tell them about the new streaming service and maybe start it like January. Okay, next year. I'll, I'll wait for you it. You start it first of the year, knowing that the new shows are coming, mm-hmm. but you start it with you with things like Smallville or... Um, yeah. And uh, Bring a, you can throw, even throw on like the CW Seed has right now with mm-hmm. Birds of Prey and Constantine and all and, that stuff. Um, you throw all that stuff on there, all your kids' shows. Go all the way back and throw up the old Super Friends. Do it. The funny thing is about that, I have so many of the DVDs, I stopped buying them because of the streaming service. But uh, yeah. while they're in a the hiatus, I might just have to finish my collection. Yeah. Um, so that we know that's coming. What? Oh, I got distracted by the chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Facebook. Well, anybody who's listening on the podcast feed, remember, usually we um, we Facebook Live this every time we record. So pay attention to the DC Superpowers Podcast Facebook Live Facebook feed, and you can find out. You can actually join in and watch us record the show here in the basement of the Hall of Justice. So, um, but Vernon, you want to just jump right into this? Let's jump right on into this. As we said, we've got some CW news. Oh coming. yeah. Um, and well, we're starting off with some Arrow news. Yeah. Um, this is a character I was hoping to see at some point come back. Yeah, I really was hoping she would stay on as a uh, main character. Yeah. I thought she was great. She was a little bad, but, I mean, she always had that anti-hero feel to yeah, it. Yeah, this character started off bad anyway mm-hmm. in the comic books. Yeah. She's not always been on the side of the angels. No. But now we have Huntress uh, coming back for season six of the Arrow. Well, possibly. Possibly. She's willing to come back, and Berlani actually has a spot for her, possibly. Which so this more than likely means it doesn't there, confirm, yeah. but I think we're ninety eight percent there. Yeah. Um, well, um, actually, you want to do the, you want to uh, yeah, read the quote? 
Yeah, sure. Guggenheim, Mark, executive producer Mark Guggenheim actually had a quote, or actually talked about Jessica DeGal coming back to the show. And this is what he says. He said, I want, I want to say absolutely Jessica DeGal has expressed an absolute willingness to come back. Jessica is my fav- one of my favorite actors, and the Huntress is one of my favorite characters. I want to make and uh, make it happen in season six. We've got some plans later in the half or half of the year that I think she will fit into really well, or so we'll see. So that and well, the article here brings up the idea, and I thought about it when she was originally on the show, season one or two. Mm-hmm. Was um, we have all the makings here of a Birds of Prey again? True, and because you have we have uh, two different black canaries and a white do. canary, so mm-hmm. you can choose, pick and choose anybody you want. And I was going to say at the time they're doing, we may or may not get now, depending on how the movie goes. But I was going to say I don't usually like mixing in, but they did have Felicity, yeah. and we weren't going to well, get an Oracle. Say, you have Felicity as Overwatch, which is basically um, Oracle, right? Without the wheelchair because she has the implant in her back that mm-hmm. doesn't put her in the wheelchair anymore. Right. I think they would have left her in the wheelchair if it wasn't so close to the original to what Oracle was. And as I said, the show is already beginning to feel like Batman with the green hood. Exactly. So they had the arrow cave, they had that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be, it would be nice to at least see one episode of that. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Well, she was awesome as Huntress to start with, and it felt, it was Huntress, and oh, yeah. that, the character was just right. Perfect, and the background to her with her mm-hmm. dad being in the mob and everything. Exactly, and uh, her being totally driven by revenge, which actually Huntress now in comics, did you read Nightwing from last week? No, not from last in week. In Nightwing, Huntress comes back, and she's once again on the trail of revenge. I mean, it, me, I've never been the biggest Huntress fan, but I do like—I like her, but I can't call myself a fan because I don't really collect the books yeah. with her in it as much. But I like her character. Every time I have seen her character, that's usually been what she's been driven by was revenge. Oh yeah, and that's usually what someone like Batman or Nightwing in the uh, cartoon mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter have to tell her: Hey, don't do that. Don't kill nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I like her character, and I'm really glad to see her come back. Um, the character has also been in uh, prison since season two. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and after trying to seek revenge on her father for the death of her fiance, not to mention trying to kill Laurel, that will come into play maybe with uh, Black Siren being back. Oh, yeah. She doesn't know. I, I really doubt Hunters knows yeah, Hunters all doesn't the know different the worlds, this Flashpoint stuff that happened. So it would be nice to see her come back. Yeah. So, um, But also in the Arrow universe, we've got a new novel coming. This one actually is kind of almost, uh, they're, consi- they're considering it a leak from Amazon. Amazon does this every once in a while. They'll put up a listing for something, and um, not, it seems like they don't always check to see whether or not um, they're supposed to be putting up the link yet. Didn't they do something like that with uh, Star Wars a couple years they've ago? Done that, they've done it with a couple different things. Um, but this is going to be Arrow Fatal Legacies, written It's a new novel, a regular um, prose novel, not a comic book or trade, by James R. Tuck and... Executive producer Mark Guggenheim. Nice. So, so Guggenheim's actually helping write this book. So are the readers out there, you have something to bridge a gap, mm-hmm. it looks like. Yeah, this is supposed to bridge the gap between seasons five and six. So this is going to say what happens on the island, um, what happened after the island, and all of that stuff. See, now this that was something I was going into with my my brain just working here. So I mean we're not going to see exactly what happens in season six. I don't know. We, we, are they just going to go home and act like nothing happened? You know what? That could be. You could use that for the flashbacks for the season. I like the way you think, Ken. I like Possibly. the way you think. Well, it <laughs> says here that also um, that uh, we all know about the exploding island in season five. But according to the synopsis for the novel, um, which is being put out by Titan Books, um, it is an, the untold story bridging between Arrows seasons five and six. Ex, um, is exclusive to this novel. 
In the devastating aftermath of Season 5, Team Arrow must resume their mission to protect Star City. Um, those who have survived Chase's trap on Lian Yu discover that his plans will not or did not end there. If his legacies aren't stopped, countless more will die. Uh, co-authored by Arrow season producer, or series producer Mark Guggenheim and James R. Tuck, who did Robin Hood, Mark of the Black Arrow. Now, um, it's going to be available in January, so it's going to be probably, um, they're suggesting a, a great um, companion to go with the season, Arrow season, or mid-season hiatus. Yeah. So when there's no Arrow on TV, you could have a book to read. They just open it up, and there exactly. you go. Along now, with all the other Green Arrow uh, comic books we're going to get. This is not the first Arrow novel. They've actually had a couple of other ones. Um, hmm. It's not the first spinoff novel. The first, they had Arrow Vengeance, which centered around Ollie's relationship with Slade Wilson slash Deathstroke, um, while the Flash, Flash and others appear in Arrow, A Generation of Vipers. Now, Guggenheim has also contributed to numerous comic book tie-ins to Arrow, um, but this is the first tie-in novel in which Guggenheim has actually helped write. Hmm. So it's going to be okay. interesting to see what happens. So we can add it up on our rack of uh, novels of mm-hmm. Green Arrow. I had to go back and pick up the other ones now. Yeah, I didn't like. I, said, I didn't even know we had. How many was it? Uh, volumes or how did they do the other books? Or was it just one novel? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. Well, well, I'll have to, to, we'll have to go back to Amazon and look. Yeah, I don't say we'll just go to your recent uh, or nearest bookstore. But exactly. We have the internet. Why would you do that, right? <laughs> um. Well, next we have some more Arrow news. Or, not, sorry, not Arrow news. No, this it's is the Arrowverse. Arrow, yeah, Arrowverse. Well, no, maybe. We don't know. See, I'm just putting things out there. We haven't had any confirmed, yeah. but I'm. We actually I'm have going some Black Lightning news, though. Yes, um, guys, we do have a villain now for Black Lightning. Now, I don't know if this is going to be a series regular villain or uh, a couple of episodes. I don't know. But if you guys ever heard the rapper, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I know his birth name, his legal name, but I do not know his rapper name, all like that. Corridon? Crondon? Crondon. Uh, cast as villain Tobias Well in Black Lightning. If you guys are familiar with him, he's basically uh, a thing of albino rich gangster. Okay. Of the yeah, DC the picture universe. they have of him looks like... Um, uh, actually, you remember Weird Science? Yeah. Oh. Remember there were Big Brother when <laughs> yeah, he got, when started he got turning into that big pile of sludge? Up. Yeah. It's kind of what like looks like. Like the Huts yeah. after birth. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, well, he does actually. An interesting thing is, um, looks like Guggenheim and some of the other producers... In, like the name Tobias. Remember, we had Tobias Church. Church. We have a Tobias the, Whale. Yeah, the funny thing while I'm reading this, I'm like, did we have a Tobias already in the yeah. Arrow? Um, well, you think this could be his cousin? I uh, no, just <laughs> same first name, but no. Um, well, guys, um, the rapper uh, Cordon, um, CW has announced that they do have their um, rapper Cordon, aka now here's his real name, Crondon. Crondon, thank you. Uh, Crondon, a.k.a. Marvin Jones the Third, has been cast as Tobias Well in the upcoming Black Lightning series. Um, should I read this quote here? Or should yeah. yeah. As an executive, uh, extensive about... Uh, excited. Sorry. Ugh. Excited about... Oh, you slow down a little bit, huh? When uh, I saw his audition, he's going to make a great Tobias. Executive producer Siam Akil said in a statement, he's... um, uh, What is that? Uh, he's authentic street. Thank you. A different streak uh, sensibility along with his insightful intelligence as a perfect is perfect for Tobias' character arc. Not to mention he's a regal uh, positional uh, bearing with a will be, sorry will be a um, additive to making the show ex- uh, exciting and different. Um, now Tobias Well is described as African American man with albinoism and is a leader of the Freelander 
the Freelands most uh, fearing gang, the 100. Ah. Now, well, that's we the 100, 100 that was yeah. going to be in the previous We knew the 100 was going to be right? the major villain, so it looks like this is the leader of the 100. And that's pretty So deadly. he is going to be a full season and in the days prior to Black Lightning, Tobias was a politician raising, um, rising through the ranks of via corrupt and illegal means until um, he was brought down by Alvin Price. Uh, oh, Jefferson's father. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's got a little bit of a. So that's he's going to have a with problem him. with the Pierce family. Mm-hmm. Um, when here Tobias is found to replace um, and rebuild the ultimately become the violent. Um, Myth- oh, you you kind of skipped over. Uh, Tobias killed Alvin. He killed. Uh, oh, he killed um, Jefferson's father. And remember, mm. Jefferson is Black Lightning, L- right? So this is the guy who killed Black Lightning's dad. Now this is very interesting because the rapper himself doesn't look like he's any older than Black Lightning. He actually looks younger. Yeah. So we'll find out and see how this works, but eh, we'll see. This is, we could get. I some don't know. They could, I don't know. Once they do effects and stuff, this guy's going to look totally different. Yeah. That's what we got out here. So, um, but yeah, that's all they had in the story. But it's gonna be interesting to see now. Now we're the season's kind of um, coming together. We know that um, that sure Black Lightning has a connection to the villain, right? And if I'm correct, yep, I'm right. Now this is not our first time seeing Tobias Well, um, either. He was also in the Justice League Unlimited series. Okay, uh, played in there for episode. Now the next thing. Oh, and beware of the Batman. Oh, you know what? This was not the same character from Justice League Unlimited. It was a different one. Um, but he was in Beware of the Batman, and now he will be in Black Lightning. So it's the second time the character has been seen in television. Oh, okay. Cool. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Mm-hmm. Well, the next news we got is actually from um, the realm of Teen Titans. Yes. Now, we still don't know any other cast members. Not yet. But we do know Tegan Croft is Raven. As we touched on last week. Exactly. And... She's actually talking about being Raven. Mm-hmm. She's doing her reading and her research right now. Exactly. And if you look at the at the picture she was at from Twitter, mm-hmm. if you look at the pi- picture from Twitter, that's early 80s Titans. I think I oh, have yeah, that's that. Oh, that's the one book. I have. I have same. that trait. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but Croft went to Twitter, or, yeah, Twitter, went <laughs> to Twitter to thank everyone for their kind words about her getting the role, um, saying that she's super excited to be Raven and can't wait to get started on the series, which is starting to film this fall. Um, now, the tweet she actually sent out, let me roll down, it shows her actually flipping through and um, holding up a Titans trade. Um, and the tweet says, thanks for your support, everyone. I'm super excited to be hashtag Raven <laughs> in the hashtag DC hashtag Titans. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hashtags uh, out there. Yeah, she well, she definitely knows how to use the hashtag. Uh-huh. She's young enough. She better know uh-huh. how to use it. Can't wait to get started. Um now and here's the here's the funny thing she has mm-hmm. two hearts there now they're black and purple the colors of raven and uh soul soul self hashtag of course and find like a girl hashtag with dc comics hashtag so yeah. um the australian actress already um had a few roles under her belt including the osiris child and home and away mm-hmm. now there um the full character breakdown for raven is actually on here too now everybody, know, we all know who Raven is. She yes. started back in the nine in the eighties with the Titans. She's in the Teen Titans now. Mm-hmm. Um, Once but, again, as a legit teenager again. Yeah. The breakdown is the description of the character of Raven for this is Raven is a loner, more comfortable hiding in her hoodie than making friends. Haunted by a dark force inside her, Raven experiences violent episodes that she cannot understand or control. She is also plagued by recurring nightmares that lead across the country in search of help. Now, do you want to know something familiar about that? This is the Raven that is in the comic books right now. Right. This is, um, remember the Raven miniseries 
They yeah, put out right the, before Titans, mm-hmm. or right before Titans. That's the story, that's the character straight out of that Raven miniseries. Now, here's the other thing. Does this sound familiar to you, the description right here? No, yeah, it sounds like Raven. Why? Well, it's the same one we went over a couple months ago when we were, or it might have been just a month ago when we were talking about the Teen Titans and they were giving out their synopsis of the four characters they were looking for. Yeah. And we are like, they gave a different name. They didn't put Raven in there. I forget who it was. Ah, okay. And they remember how they had So this one, you just insert the name they Raven. They literally just insert the name Raven. So I think in a couple of weeks or whenever, we'll get the other ones too, and they'll mm-hmm. probably be the same ones, but for Beast Boy, Starfire, and Dick Grayson. I do like to see like the, um, the series producers being Jeff Johns and Greg Berlanti are the first two, and Akiva Goldsmith. Now, Goldsmith's been done all kinds of stuff also, or Goldsman. She, he's actually doing the, um, the writing and for the script, the script for, for mm-hmm. Titans. Um, now, this is going to be obviously the first project that's going to be on the DC direct-to-consumer streaming service that we've been talking about this whole time. But the actual synopsis for the show, since we've not read through that recently, is um, the Titans follows a group of young, soon-to-be superheroes recruited from every corner of the DC universe. I like how I said DC In, universe. Yeah. Well, in the action-adventure series, Dick Grayson emerges from the shadows to become the leader of a fearless band of new heroes that includes Starfire, Raven, and others. others. Mm-hmm. But from all corners of the DC Universe means what we've been speculating, they could pull Wally West. Oh, yeah, definitely, and get some characters. They could even pull um, Firestorm. Cause it, it, well, could. well, Firestorm would be a he's little, a little bit older old now. because Stein's in there, too, and he's... Pre- and, um, Jax at this point is what mid twenties. Yeah, I was gonna say it's been a while. I was gonna say when he first landed uh, in the Flash, that probably could have happened, but Maybe, a couple yeah. years ago, that was a couple years ago. But the thing I do like from the DC universe, that's why I like Young Justice so much. At first, I was going in there like, oh, I read the Young Justice comic books, mm-hmm. a couple of them, not too much, but I'm a big Teen Titan fan. And it looked like they were mixing both in the same. Could we get the same from this? Get maybe a Batgirl, something, a spoiler Possibly. maybe. You never know who we're going to get in this series. And being that it's on the DC Direct app, I think they'll have um, more of a wider range to pull mm-hmm. characters that they're not you're not expecting to see. Yeah, and I think any young character can be in this. From we make cameos from guys like Batman. We could. Oh, that would be sweet. Imagine seeing a Donna Troy, a live action Donna Troy. Finally, or even Cassie. Finally, the new Wonder Girl. Yeah. Whoever. Newer Wonder Girl. Now, do you think if we would get a Superboy, would it be Connor or would it be? Um, I don't know. John. Because John right now in Super Sons is actually um, kind of working with the Titans a little bit, mm-hmm. even though he's only 10. Right. <laughs> hey, if we could get Damien in here. Because if Nightwing's Nightwing, Damien could de- Damien definitely could be alive be on the right scene. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd be happy well, to see they, that. Well, they still, look in the description there, they still haven't said Nightwing. N- no, they have they not. They said Dick Grayson. Um, so we, hmm, do you think they could just go younger and just give him a teenager? They may let him start him out Robin, as Robin. And as the show goes on, he gets yeah. older. Hey, we'll see how it goes from here. No, no, remember, if this is, unless they changed it, but I just forgot from the synopsis they just gave of Raven, that's the same one we looked up before, and they said with Starfire and um, Dick Grayson, they would be older. Yeah, So, but they still have always said Dick Grayson. Right. It's almost like they're trying not to say Nightwing. Please give us Nightwing. But anyways, that's what we got for uh, Teen Titans, and I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the next series, or the next story is actually from Flash. And um, Grant Gustin was talking about, and something we've been, we've another one we've speculated Since about. Since the end of season three. Was um, Rebirth is actually going, the DC Rebirth Publishing Initiative is what they call it, we call it officially, is actually going to influence season four of Flash. Now, Gustin told comicbook.com, it's almost, it's almost like a fresh start for me as an actor this year. The first episode is actually called Reborn. It's our take on Rebirth. And it gives me the opportunity to get to let go of all the weight that we've built up and have held on to 
And there's even some lines that reflect that reflect that for Barry, that he's been able to cope and move on in a way he's never been able to in the past. So it gives me an opportunity to let go and have more than or uh, more of that kind of fun that we had initially in season one. Now we've been hearing this a lot that this season of Flash is going to be a lot lighter, a lot closer to what we had for season one of Flash. Because mm-hmm. season two and three started having a little progressively dark. gotten darker. Yeah, which for some of the storylines I didn't mind, especially um, last season with Fires. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, it's glad to see it going back and being reborn once again. It's going to be interesting to see, um, are they just going to flip the script on this? And actually, instead of um, Wally being stuck in the Speed Force and Barry brought him out and then remembers him, that it's just a matter of um, maybe Wally has, and the rest of the universe has forgotten about Barry. And you got the reverse of Wally pulling Barry out of the Speed Force. Maybe they could do that. Because as we said, um, wasn't that... That was Flash... Wait a minute. DC's Rebirth. Okay, I was going to say... You got to remember, Rebirth was also... Revolved around um, Wally West being returned to the DC Universe. And wasn't the first Rebirth, not the uh, DC's Rebirth, but uh, Flash's Rebirth. Wasn't that when um, Barry came back after all those years of being Flash Rebirth, yes. The one that Jeff Johns did back in their mid two thousands. Do you think they might even borrow from there? I know they said DC's rebirth Possibly. publishing, but we might. No, I think they're. I think they're most mainly going to focus on the. But if you look at Flash Rebirth, if you go back and read that, some of the stuff was kind of interesting, and it was similar to what they did with Rebirth this time, mm-hmm. because it was Wally West pulling Barry out of the Speed Force. Yeah, but except that he ever remembered where that um, Barry was dead. Right, and, and here, this one. I don't know if they're going to keep if everybody knows Barry's gone or if maybe they've forgotten or not forgotten him but the memories have been removed. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that though. Because that gets into rebirth right now. It's um all but been told to us that the reason everybody forgot about Wally and the other changes in the timeline that happened after Flashpoint was Dr. Manhattan. Right, and he's not involved. And they're not going to add so. that to this. Right. At all. So I guarantee I, that. That's what I was wondering if they might do a little bit of uh the rebirth of the Flash and DC's rebirth. Yeah, I think they're gonna. It's gonna be Touch a little DC's bit on both. rebirth, but um, like I said, I have no idea whether or not we're gonna remember Barry or not. Um, now G- Gustin has said that um, Barry will be. Well, wait here in um, in rebirth, we know that um, that Wally's time in the Speed Force and outside the timeline gave him insight into a threat that was shaping that was shaping the fabric of reality itself, which we know is Doctor Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Gustin has said that um, his Barry will be similarly gifted with some insight, though he won't understand what it is at, at all, all at ah, what it all means at first. And readjusting to day-to-day life after experiencing the ultra-condensed timeline of <clears throat> the Speed Force will mess with him a bit, um, a bit in the premiere. Okay. So yeah, mm-hmm. they are going to do the whole. Um, they are going to do DC Rebirth on this. Um, now that doesn't mean we're necessarily going to see Barry uh, to see what Barry saw in the speed force. Um, but they're probably going to develop that through the season and then we'll see little bits and pieces maybe, or Barry will tell us as we go. Um, but we will see the effects of the speed force, what has had on Barry. Um, he's been there for six months in real time for us, but the way I, but the way, um, the author here sees it is that the speed force is a nonlinear with time. So Barry has experienced his li- entire life from start to end in mm. infinite times over since he's been there. So he's going to have kind of an awakening when he comes out, according to Gustin. Uh, he'll, he goes on with, he's got some knowledge that he doesn't quite understand yet, but he'll also be scrambled 
and he won't be himself at first, which is actually very what similar happened? to what Wally, Wally went through when he yeah. came through, the older Wally West. So this is going to be interesting to see. That they've, this series has been going through major Flash story arcs <laughs> yearly. Yeah. Um, plus, as we said, in the end of Season 3, we got to see the Speed Force Storm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's where we were thinking, hmm, are we going to see a uh, next villain possibly be... Uh, oh, man, what was his name? The uh, Godspeed. Not this season. Right, because, well, now we know that We know we have the thinker and that stuff, and, they, we, and they've said straight up there is no, no more speedsters speedster. for a villain, at least not for this season. Yeah. Um, but at the time... They, the well, thought, that's because if they don't slow down, they may actually run out of speedsters, or they're going to have to come back and bring one of the other ones back, which... Bring back the Abarthon. I mean, come on. Oh, he can come back over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, when that happened in the comic books, guys, when DC's Rebirth first started, his uh, main story arc was there was some villain going around killing the um, other speedsters, taking their speed well, he force. Was, yeah, he was pulling their speed force and their life energy. Mm-hmm. And also he was running around with the black hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he wasn't running around with them. He was trying to find the leader of the black hole so he could kill them for killing his brother. And then he was also the main villain along with the black hole. I was wondering if we might get that with the um, speed storm. The speed storm gave everybody um, speed force powers. And yeah. the lightning that was happening in season three looked very reminiscent of what we saw in the comic books that year. So Yeah, this could be cool I, to see. I figured maybe a little bit of rebirth would be in there. Now we know. Yeah, You're well, right. they were going to get a lot of rebirth. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, that's not a bad thing. Remember that one of the um, rebirth is what we'll do in this show. And rebirth is what got me back into reading DC Comics. Saying, well, this has got me back into reading comic books as a whole because mm-hmm. there wasn't really anything exciting coming out of the mainstream comic books. Yeah. Uh, I was not a fan of New 52, and, you know, I don't like really what Marvel's comics are doing right now. Well, DC put out the rebirth, and they killed it. They're still doing exactly. great numbers right now. And they're pumping out material, it seems like, every other month. So mm-hmm. so the next one, actually, we're moving into the movie realm. Mm-hmm. And you actually, we found out we found out some more news on what these whole reshoots may actually be about. Yeah. And why they cost so much. It's yeah, which makes a lot of sense for uh, once we get in here. Um, it appears, guys, that Justice League's uh, re- reshoots were because also of Cyborg's tone and the role has changed in what all parts of the reshoot have been taking place. Um, recently, Ben Affleck spoke out about the reshoots themselves and how and we'll they... we'll get to that here in just a minute. Exactly. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> they are usually in Justice League as any other part of the movie. Um, ben Affleck described another interview, as Ken said, we'll get to. But during the interview with IGN actor Joe Morton, who plays Cyborg's father, um, Dr. Silas Stone talked about these changes. Morton, when he was asked about the additional filmmaking taking place, their purpose of changing the t- particular... There's a bug there, sorry. <laughs> Character's tone in the film that um, he has been part of Joss Whedon's directed reshoots regarding the changes to Cyborg. Now, wait, it's great hearing Joe Morton talk about this because I like Joe Morton. Have, you remember what other stuff T2? he's been in? Terminator 2? He's been in all kinds <laughs> he's of He's been a lot of times. That's the one that always stands He's always out got me, a though. cool character. Yeah, he does. What I thought was hilarious when I saw um, Batman vs. Superman was he was in a lab working with these robotic parts and mm-hmm. I'm like wait a minute I think you did that already <laughs> yeah remember uh, what happened last time you played with cybernetics didn't go too well for you dude yeah um, well in the quote right here well the stuff that I had to do were just really small little bits and pieces nothing necessary have to do with the tone I know that Ray Fisher, the young man who plays Victor, there were some adjustments that they made in terms of the tone of that character I think that as hard uh, as hard was the, sorry, I think that 
I, what I what heard, I heard. Thank you. <laughs> what I heard was that there was a need for the studio to lighten up the film in a way that the film felt too dark, which they talked about in a couple yeah. other weeks ago about how there was a little bit of a darker tone. They want to brighten it up. In regards, which to- is when we get to the Ben Affleck um, interview, that's some of what um, Joss he, Whedon's actually really good at. Yes, he. As we say, he's a team-based uh, director. He knows really how to put a team together, and he knows how to have fun mm-hmm. with the movie. Um, in regards to being part of the upcoming film, um, centered on Cyborg, oh, that's the deal as far as I understand it, and Silas, Silas will definitely be part of the Cyborg. And then they also give you guys some pictures where you can see mm-hmm. what little maybe changes they've done uh, since the first one. And if yeah. you look at this first part right here, the, the picture, it is a lot darker. I mean, just the color of him. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of the um, picture, the um, views and stuff we've seen from the movie are very dark. Mm-hmm. But it was a Scott Snyder, or it was a Zack Snyder movie. Yep. And that's usually what they're aiming so. for. But I, well, we'll now get into what we were talking about with Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Well, Ben Affleck actually had an interview with. Um, it doesn't say exactly who he was interviewing with, but some of the stuff he had to say about the Justice League was um, he was um, about his idea of the reshoot rumors and um, the what the All Star film actually represents. Now, Zach or Affleck described the film as a little bit unorthodox mm-hmm. because veteran DC EU director Zack Snyder had to step off. We had that story a while ago because of a fa- family tragedy, tragedy that happened, um, and Joss Whedon actually had to come in. Um, from the other side of the comics-dominated film industry. He had to um, switch sides and switch from Marvel to DC to do this movie, which is not a big deal because he was pretty much done in Marvel there. Yeah, anyway. and he was already signed on to making um, the Batgirl film. But Ben um, had to, had some of these quotes to say. It says, for the movie, the best person we could have possibly found was Joss. We got really lucky that he stepped in. Then also he um, described the, how the this change will benefit the project by saying... An interesting product product of two directors, both with with kind of unique visions, both with really strong takes. I've never had the, that experience before making a movie. I have to say, I really love working with Zach, and I really love the stuff that we've done with Joss. And, um, and then finally, during an interview with mm-hmm. EW... This is the one I really liked. Um, he also discussed about the se- the several rumored reshoots for Justice League. Um, it says, I've never worked on a movie that didn't do reshoots. Argo, um, which he directed, yep. um, we did reshoots for a week and a, or for a week and a half, four day, and then four days on Gone Baby Gone. Now, those were not, those were heavy action movies, but mm-hmm. not to the effect of actions and effects that you have in this. Yeah, and I liked when he said that. And I know a lot of people would say, oh, but it's not going to cost as much money as what you did in Argo or Gone Baby Gone or whatever other movie he's been working on. But his point was being, they're going to have reshoots, period. Yeah, every movie has reshoots. Right, it happens um, as a part of filmmaking. Remember Star Wars Rogue One. Mm-hmm. When Rogue One went back and everybody and it went back to reshoots, and everybody, everybody was worried. said, the sky is falling, this is going to be the worst movie ever yeah. made. Oh, this how can you do the reshoots? Flop. It looked fine in and the trailer. Look, how dare you? Many people have put it in the top three Star Wars movies ever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when they saw it, they were like, there were reshoots? I forgot about that. I forgot exactly. it was bad. Um, so I don't think there's going to be no problem, but the reason why it does cost so much is because... The CGI, yeah, the action, yeah, the you effects, have to, everything. You have to rework all the effects that you're doing in all that. Because um, Cyborg is not, most of Cyborg is not always a physical costume. No. It's a, uh, well, it's you know, mostly it's graphic. Um, now, we will get to see a, a Cyborg, or not just Cyborg, Ray Fisher as Victor Stone. He'll be normal. We know exactly. he won't need any CGI. But if he's going to be playing Cyborg, that's what's going to be driven for these characters. Exactly. That money. 
So that Justice League is in the right hands. We said that when um, we heard about Joss and, Whedon coming on. And the other thing I was wondering about having the two directors here, um, well, how do you think they're going to credit them? I don't know. That's the big I'm, question anyway. we got to wait and see because I believe that's a lot of that is up to the Directors Guild. And Yeah, it is. And how much percentage-wise has yeah. uh, Jack Snyder put in before the movie need all these reshoots? Because... I mean, if he was like fails, over 50% if, um, done. If they don't let Joss Whedon have a director credit, they can always bounce it up and let him have producer or something like that, or um, second unit director or something mm-hmm. is what they would call him, maybe assistant director. But I think it would have been awesome in the beginning when this movie was first being filmed. What kind of nostalgia would it have gave you if you would have heard, oh, this movie's being made not just by Jack Snyder, but we have two directors on here. It, ta- it takes a lot to be able to work two directors at the same time. Some work fine together. Um, Miller and, um, what is it, Miller and Lord that did the Lego movie mm-hmm. and started the Han Solo movie. Yeah, it's been done they've before. Been, they worked together for years, a lot of it on animated. But, yeah, but they have um, worked together. The Wachowski um, siblings. Mm-hmm. They 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 worked movies together, but a lot of times it's brother and sister. Isn't the Coen brothers, brothers too? Haven't they done the that? The Coen brothers they worked, together, but it's family members usually working together. Two two people have never directed together. It, you can't have two steering wheels. Too on the many ship. egos. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be an ego thing. It's just it's weird because the director is the vision. He's the captain of the ship. Now, if you have two captains with two visions trying to steer one ship. It doesn't always work well. No. But if those two <laughs> but can, it can take turns, exactly. we'll be okay. And um, maybe it's best that um, Snyder is not doing the directing right now and letting Joss come in and tweak mm-hmm. some stuff. And I say vice versa Yeah, for uh, both if they're going to put um, their their thought into this. And I'm really happy to see and hear what's going on. The trailers look good and all the stories that's coming out of this Justice League, they don't sound bad. No. Nothing to worry about. And then next up, um, still in movie news, um, we have we get to talk about the second highest grossing film of 2017 so far. Wonder Woman is actually g- coming out to um, Blu-ray, DVD, and any other version film of film you can buy. Yeah, or digitally um, rent. <laughs> exactly. Well, Warner Home Entertainment has announced this week that Patty Jenkins' triumphant superhero film will be hitting Ultra HD Blu-ray, 3D Blu-ray, Blu-ray and DVD and digital, um, or on Blu-ray and DVD on September 19th, but the digital will be coming out August 29th, which they've done with all of these DC movies. Uh, Every DC yeah, film. Most We're not of just the Warner Brothers the, movies. Yeah. You get them about two weeks early on HD. And it's not just the live action. That's with you in their animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, um, they say um, there's, this is going to be packed with special features and things, but they're just like Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, I think, had some too. Oh, yeah, I have There's actually going to be an extended cut on one of these, kind of. That's why I was surprised the man still we didn't get one. Yeah. But I guess that was a long enough movie anyway. Well, um, it said aside from all the special features, the Blu-ray combo pack will also include an all-new bonus scene that wasn't in the theatrical cut. Um, It's actually an epilogue in which Etta Candy gets the boys back together for a secret mission that could impact humanity's future. Hmm. Is this something that may um, lead into another movie somewhere? Possibly Wonder Woman 2? Maybe. Um, well, no, Wonder Woman 2 is supposed to be in the 70s, I think, isn't it? But that doesn't mean Etta Candy can't be involved somewhere. Mm-hmm. She'd just still obviously be older. Yeah, I'm going to say, she'll still be alive. Mm-hmm. She won't um, She won't keep her age like Diana. She'll just keep going up. Exactly. But we don't um, see her again. Now, this sounds a lot, like like we said, of a possibly a post-credit scene that um, may, have, may or may not have been originally designed to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people are th- think that this may be um, that... 
Patty Jenkins actually shot this just in case Warner Brothers wanted to tag one on the end of there, even though Zack Snyder has come out and said straight up that the post-credit stingers are more of Marvel's thing, not theirs. Right. Um, now, there's also a series of featurettes called A Director's Vision that run down how certain scenes will um, were conceived and shot, as well as, um, well, before... Instead of giving descriptions of this, why don't we actually tell them what this, what these are, the different special features? Now, the Wonder Woman Ultra HD Blu-ray, 3D DVD or 3D Blu-ray and DVD Blu-ray combo pack contain all three of those contain the following special features: epilogue the, at his mission, which we just described, uh, crafting the wonder. Wonder Woman finally comes to life in her first breathtaking solo film. Explore the journey to create. An adventure worthy of DC's greatest warrior. Then we get the director's vision um, featurettes, which is the mascara, the hidden island, beach battle, a photograph through time, Diana in the modern world, and Wonder Woman at war. Now the description for all of those is describe or join director Patty Jenkins as she, okay, um, as she takes on an exclusive journey through Wonder Woman's most pivotal and exciting moments. Now, um, this also is going to have Warriors of the Wonder or Warriors of Wonder Woman witness the creation of the Amazon Army as the women of Wonder Woman transform emotionally and physically into the world's most powerful and heroic warriors. I wonder if they're going to show how many men were actually in the background. How- <laughs> did, you, did you go back and watch it? I mentioned I did it to you, didn't I? Wait, no. There were because pl- most of the people fighting in the background were um, stunt people. Mm-hmm. They actually had men dressed up as the Amazon warriors, also. Really? They, you have to have people who are trained fighters. You do, and know, who know how to stunt fight. So and there's there's only a certain amount of women that do that. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, you got to go back and watch. And That's a lot funny. of like in the training scenes and stuff of all the Amazons, mm-hmm. that you'll see there's a couple of men back in there that if you look really hard, <laughs> just freeze frame it, just uh-huh. let's pause and look around. The next um, feature is the Trinity. Mm. Filmmakers and comic book creators explore the legend of Wonder Woman and how she stands shoulder to shoulder with Superman and Batman to create the pillars of the DC universe. Um, we get the wonder behind the camera. Meet the women behind the cam- behind the wonder as we welcome a group of aspiring filmmakers on set for an exclusive once-in-a-lifetime experience. We get finding the Wonder Woman within. Feel the power of Wonder Woman as award-winning poets and inspiring public feature- figures reveal the impact and importance of DC's greatest heroine. Then you get some extended scenes, which are de- your deleted scenes you normally get, and uh-huh. we get a blooper reel. Yep. That's always nice I always to get a love gag they- reel from these yeah. movies. I love when they put on a blooper reel. It's always fun. See them have fun. and like, They're normal people. They're Just because they're a superhero right now don't mean that they don't know how to mess up Exactly. <laughs> and also, well, don't worry. And have people, fun when they're doing so. People who are getting the DVD set, um, they do have a lot of these special features are on there. You get the Crafting the Wonder, the Director's Vision featurettes, uh, Warriors of the Wonder Woman, uh, the Trinity, the wor- Wonder Behind the Camera, Finding the Wonder Woman Within, the Extended Scenes, and the Blooper Reel are all on the DVD also. So you do get plenty of special features with the DVDs. Um, looks like mainly the ones you don't get on the DVD set is the epilogue. Everything else looks like uh, it's on there. Yeah, everything is on there except for the um, epilogue scene. I'm going to have to buy this one. Yeah. Well, I'm a. I gotta buy the 3D version. I got the 3D TV. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have the 3D TV. I'm not that. Fortunate. It was 50 bucks more than the regular. We had ours on sale though. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what's coming up September 19th. Uh, just go out, uh, go out now and um, reserve it. 
Yeah. And most of the places you go, you can pre-order it. Yeah, you can pre-order or you it from Amazon and pre-order exactly. it Exactly. I was just about to say that. You guys can do that probably right now if it's available. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it is. And you actually had another story that you brought up here that's actually from the Flash movie. Yes. Now, this is not going to go on this too long. I wonder no, this is just a real quick sit. Uh, give them some news and also talk to you about this and what you think. Uh, give my thoughts on it. Uh, Kersey uh, Clemens from the Flash movie won't watch the CD, uh, the the uh, CW TV series of The Flash. Uh, when it comes to the TV Flash show, Iris West is considered becoming the show's weakness, from what they say here. But this could be this could change with the actress playing her in the new upcoming role in Justice League and Flashpoint. Um, now, here's the, what she said. When I do projects um, where the characters have been adapted before, no. I will let it affect me. Actually, I lied. I did see the show a little bit before I did uh, get into Justice League. But now it's like, oh, no, because I pull from it and I'd be like, oh, I want to do that. But then I think again, no, I don't want to do that. Um, so basically what she is saying, she doesn't want to watch another adaptation of the same character yeah. because she might try to act like that person's adaptation of character. She would yeah, like to do her I kind of understand that. Yeah, I do, too. Um, the thing I was saying, she doesn't, for me, I get not wanting to watch what people have done before and you taking that into your um, perspective and making that into your own character because you want to make it yours. But I wouldn't so much necessarily just watch one thing. I watch maybe a couple episodes of this one, maybe watch a couple episodes of that, maybe watch an old movie if they have it. I, me, I would as say terrible nitpick. as Iris was in the in this series. I, go back and watch the '90s Flash show to see. I, Iris was in the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm saying. And then she came back later on. See, that's that's what I would. That do. was not that that by no means was the Iris West we know. Mm-hmm. Even from the comic books. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was. It was a very different take on Iris West, but she was there. Okay. Um, but she can also always pick from the um, animated series. Yeah, would, she was in there some. Yeah, not a lot, but she was there some. I, I'm sorry, animated series and animated films, because DC oh, okay, put out yeah. a ton of it where you get out to see Iris West's character mm-hmm. in Flashpoint in the new Frontier. Um, you know what? That might have been it. Yeah, because Flash hasn't had a, had a lot. role in a lot of They made some Justice League, but she's not featured Iris West. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of there's enough she can gather from. Yeah. But if she's not going to watch any of these, at least read some of the books. Yeah. Now read some of the classic um, Silver Age stuff. Read some of the Bronze Age stuff. Mm-hmm. Bring some of the modern stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, even go into the 90s. And Iris was actually in Flash in the 90s because she was still alive and she was Wally's aunt. aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was wondering about this was if they seem like DC, they I don't know if it's the company or it's the actual um, actors. It seemed like they give them books to read. Some of it, well, a lot of it. What it is, they may be where they're um, pulling some of the ideas from the scripts, mm-hmm. so they can see what the characters are that they're that are trying to be put on the script page. So if she's going to do that, I, I'm I'm cool with it. But I just wanted to touch on that and let everybody know what yeah. the actor's going to do and just get you some of your knowledge on there. But um, um, well, the next one we have is moving into actual comic news, kinda, kind of. And um, this was actually some more that came out of Comic Con that we that slipped under the radar a little bit. Um, now, everybody knows the president of DC Entertainment, Jeff Johns, just another one of his hats, mm-hmm. um, is a huge fan of DC Comics, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before he um, started writing for DC, he actually was writing for Marvel, if anybody, does, anybody may have forgot this. Um, now I he, forgot about this until <laughs> I read this article. Well, da- during um, a spotlight panel at Comic-Con... Uh, where he was revealed, he actually revealed the reason why he left Marvel to come to DC um, during a conversation with Dan DiDio, which is the guy who got him to come over to DC. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dan. Now, 
um, when he was asked about the exact moment when he realized he was a writer, because you got to remember, Jeff Johns' first um, love and what he does for DC is a writer. Um, Johns offered a surprising answer. He says, it was probably the day that I signed an exclusive deal at DC. I was like, oh, I guess my profession is a writer. <laughs> um, that was a journey, too, because obviously I love DC. I like Marvel, but I love DC. I love the Hulk, is mm-hmm. what he says. Um, if I could buy Hulk from Marvel, I'd like I'd like to. Um, that would be really cool. I'd do a Hulk movie, Hulk versus Superman or something. Um, and then he says Thor Ragnarok looks awesome. So um, obviously Hulk he, is his favorite Marvel character. Yeah. Um, now obviously Marvel's not going to sell the rights to Hulk. That's that's nowhere near anywhere on the table. Um, but it would be an interesting movie. I've seen Hulk versus Superman, which I believe we've seen before. And I think in Amalgam, actually, Superman fights Hulk a little bit. I think he did, yeah, when they did their little crossover. I, got, I still got to pull those out of my box. I have I got, all the Amalgam I need to books. read up on more of the stories because we had so many um, different crossovers of characters we would love to see together more. Mm-hmm. Well, then John's actually continued to um, tell his path to um, where he's at in D.C. He said, he was working. I was working for um, Richard Donner, which anybody, anybody who doesn't remember was the director of the original Superman movie. And that's what we call the Donner universe. Exactly. Guys. Um, as his assistant, and I was writing comics for DC and then when um, Marvel offered me Avengers. I, I did write for Marvel for like a year and a half. It wasn't a, great, wasn't a great experience for me because of the management at the time. Though I love Tom Brevoort, Brevert, uh, something That's like that, uh, who was my editor. I didn't love the experience of writing there because it was very different than DC for me, personally. Uh, it's different for everyone, but at the time it was, it wasn't really for me. Um, now he really, he didn't throw anybody specifically under the bus, but there was somebody that there was, he just couldn't, um, mesh well with the, what was going on at Marvel at the time. But he says, um, part of the problem was also that, um, an example, um, was that he had a really hard time finding Thor's dialogue when he was doing mm-hmm. with the Avengers. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, dialogue. He had a he had got the gig writing Avengers um, right about the same time as DC called with an offer. Hmm. Um, he says, according to Johns, the day I got the Avengers and they announced it, DC called me and said, "Hey, you want, do you want or will you sign an exclusive?" He's like, "Oh, the no, day wrong they announced timing. he was working on Avengers." Yeah, perfect time. And I said, DC. "I just got or I just got announced on Avengers. I can't sign. I can't sign an exclusive right now." But about a year later, I loved working with um, Dan DiDio and everybody at DC, and my heart's at DC. It just is. And so the day I signed the DC contract, it gave me some security for the next number of years that I would be writing full-time for DC. And that's when I really felt like my profession was actually a writer. Um, He goes on to heap more praise on Dan DiDio uh, by saying, "Again, again, I give a lot of credit to you, Dan, because I haven't... Or I wouldn't have signed to DC if you weren't if it if weren't for the, uh, if you weren't there. You were the one that made me want to sign at DC. I could have been at Marvel. Um, I could have been at Marvel if you hadn't come to DC. I probably would have stayed freelance. Um, and, but we know when he signed on to DC, he got started right away and totally revitalized the Justice Society, Titans or Teen Titans, Green Lantern, The Flash, and Aquaman. Those were the main big ones he did. And then he actually wrote almost every issue of Justice League in, during the New 52 time. 
And now he's actually, um, he's the one bringing the Watchmen into the, through mm-hmm. Rebirth and the Doomsday Clock. So, um, yeah, the, so basically everything in I the DC he, universe where we're at now has basically been molded by this guy that Dan DiDio brought in about 10 years ago. definitely home now. Exactly. Actually, it was closer to probably the 15 years at this point. Yeah. That he's been working for DC. And now he's president of DC Comics. He's um, he's putting his time. Chief um, creative officer for DC Entertainment. He's got all kinds of hats. <laughs> he's putting a lot of work. And I'm, I'm proud and happy to see that he's doing all this because mm-hmm. he's just as a comic book fan. Like I said, Rebirth is great. Yeah, and that's the best thing. You need a fan to come in to do this work for fans. Exactly. Well, we're seeing that in the movie industry a lot, too, Um, with guys like J.J. Abrams with Star Wars. And um, you're finally getting fans of these properties that grew up with these properties making the properties they grew up with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they already have the tone. They know what it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to sound like. Speaking of that. Because they lived it the same way as we did. And um, speaking of that, I made a connection. Um, I know we talked about this. He's not a part of the article. Uh, but do you um, you know James Wan? He's doing Aquaman. Yeah. Um, and the guy's doing Shazam. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really realize they both uh, did some Conjuring uh, film franchise movies. Oh, cool. Um, the funny thing I thought was they're horror directors, but they're doing these superhero movies. Yeah. And I don't know, just seeing that they said you have to put your mindset into a world where you think outside the box. And people like are just thinking of Jeff Johns thinking outside the box. Look where he got. Yeah, well, he's a comic book writer, but look at all the other stuff he does now. Exactly. He he's basically. I feel like he's running the world of the DCEU. Yeah, he's basically taking over from Zack Snyder and guiding it, um, guiding it now from his perspective. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the, or wait, there's one more. Um, real real quick, do you want to um, talk? You said you finished the Batman Telltale game. The, the first episode. Without any spoilers, guys. Um, Just something real quick before we move on. Me personally, I think this was a lot better than the season one um, episode. Um, episode one of season one. Season two's episode first just gave you everything. We got some uh, glimpses and some references from Lucius Fox's family. Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter Tiffany is going to be a part of this. I don't know how much further we'll see her in there. Um, Alfred's back. Batman, of course, is still dealing with his injury of his ear. If anybody played the first game, he's had a part of his ear missing. So Alfred okay. wouldn't get an eye poked out. And this all depends on your decision. If you let Alfred go, um, and that's what I really like about this game, your decisions matter. At least it feels like slightly a little bit more. Now, can you feel, when you were doing this game, they had said that your choices on the first set of games, if you watch, if mm-hmm. you played it, would affect this. Did your personal choices you made in that game, does, that's you That's why see my Batman still has a half of Zier missing. Okay. Um, Alfred, uh, some people let Alfred take the bullet, or not the bullet, when I say it, but metaphorically took the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either Batman gets some of his ear uh, chopped off, or uh, Alfred goes blind in one eye. Okay. Um, I didn't and for yours, like, Batman's missing an ear, but Alfred can see. I mean, I'm Batman. Do I need? I don't need this little piece right here. I'm wearing a cowl anyway. Um, the other thing I liked about here, we get to see more of the Joker. He's not called Joker yet, though. He's called John Doe. Okay. Um, but this Which is, is the Joker. actually a newer take. If I remember right, they've um, in some of the newer incarnations of the Joker, that's actually where they say from the origin he was just a John Doe. Mm-hmm. And they're going again with this, but he doesn't. Right now, he doesn't seem like a insane villain he's definitely not all the way good upstairs he's off his rocker but he's not trying to say oh hey let me put it there let's chalk you he's not joker yet the one thing i really thought was interesting was riddler is in this game he's the main villain of this first episode okay and he's older when i mean older it's like they picked up from gotham um he was a riddler before batman was even heard of yeah just like in gotham he dealt with his father 
just like in Gotham, there was a Edward Nigma running with Commissioner Gordon and um, Bruce Wayne's father in this game. So I felt like they took a little bit from that. Um, he's got some gray hair, uh, and also Amanda Waller's in the game. Okay. Um, and some a couple of new characters. She, she, she pops up everywhere. If you play this game, she literally popped out of nowhere. There's something going on with the Riddler and Batman Gordon. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Who's that lady over there? Oh, her name's Amanda Waller. She's something else. It's like, oh. So at least they kept their character on yeah, point. Yeah, Waller is something else. Mm -hmm. And she'll do whatever she needs to to get to the bottom of anything. Um, like I said, I'm not going to spoil too much for you guys, but I thought this was great. We didn't get any uh, glimpses of Two-Face and what he's doing right now. He might be locked up. No Selena Kyle. But this was episode one, and it was focused on what the Riddler has to do. And I can't wait. And just putting out there, if you guys got the game, I don't know. But you know how you see the shadows like of an unlocked character on a game? Yeah. It looked like there was a Bane character for one of the episodes that are coming up. Huh. Which I think is... I don't know how the story's going to play out, but I, if I see Bane usually in Batman game, I want him to break his back. No, they Straight said up. when um, when we're going to get episode two. Um, no, not yet. I'm I'm guessing at least in a month's time, like usual. Okay. Um, but since they're already making these, and plus the game you can buy, I think, by episode two, you'll get to do it. Um, and this article I'm on, I'm not reading. This thing is very rude. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to go over some things with you guys and let you know. Pick up the Telltale game. If you're a fan of anything like the Walking Dead Telltale game or Wolf Among Us, they even made a game of Thrones. I have Wolf Among Us. I need to sit down and oh, play, uh, play it. Me and Liv are replaying it right now. Um, it's really good. It, whenever they get a comic book-themed Video games, since they are draw things like a comic book, seem like their design is it goes perfect, like yeah. The Walking Dead. Uh, the last one they put out was Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't even buy it or pick it up. I just <laughs> watched the plays. At that point, I was getting a little tired of it. I just wanted my Batman and Wolf Among Us. Until they gave me that, I wasn't buying anymore. But now, since you've played Wolf Among Us, have you bought any of the Fables books yet? Where? You can you can download the comic shop. Coward I'll, get the, I'll them. get the volumes. I wanted the singles. I want the singlets. Um, oh, the singles, the they may have some. But they have the trades. They I, have, they I have, I have the trades. have volume one and two already. They have the trades. Oh, you have, I have some. one and two. I may have volume three also. I'm not I sure. I have to pick up. So I know it's Cam actually a pretty good was story. picking up some for his friend. Um, I know about the characters because of the internet. Yeah. But I need to sit down and read some of them. I have not yet, so to answer your question, no. But I do plan on getting to them at some point. For all the well, other good material we have, I just anybody who have that time know, to even read. Wolf Among Us that we're talking stuff. about is actually a DC property also. Exactly. Because is it is based on the Vertigo series, Fables. Now, Fables is... If anybody has ever seen um, Once Upon a Time mm -hmm. on ABC, mm -hmm. it's kind of, if you take Once Upon a Time and go a whole lot more realistic and gritty, because um, it is all your fairy tale creatures yep. stuck on our, in our world, and they've built a small section of, I think, Manhattan mm -hmm. to become, the, because they've been kicked out of the Enchanted Forest or wherever and, it is. And this also digs a lot more closer to the um, real stories, not yeah, just the Yeah, it's a lot closer stories. to the original Grimm fairy tales and stuff, exactly. so it's a lot grittier, a lot darker. Because I was replaying over the it first... It is a Vertigo title. Yep, and I was replaying over the first um, episode of Wolf Among Us, and I forgot. You know how in the Disney one, Belle is, Beauty is Belle. Yeah. Well, in this one, they just call her Beauty. And Beast okay. is Beast. They don't have yeah. the real names. Like, hey, if you were this in the book, well, that's this because is your the name ABC in here. one is actually based in the DC or in the uh, Disney. Disney universe, right? And I was noticing so that. So Beauty and the Beast is Belle and the Beast, right? Um, and all the other characters, if they actually were a Disney character at one point, mm -hmm. you got the Disney version of them. And also, now I don't know if she was in the books, but in the video game, they're also anything that was a nursery rhyme or a fairy tale or a ghost story. They're in there. Bloody Mary is a villain in there. Or okay. antagonist. There's not yeah. really villains, but there's huge antagonists in there. I thought that was pretty cool. The Crooked Man, mm -hmm. a fairy tale. Well, I find, I find it interesting that in um, in the world of fables and Wolf Among Us, mm -hmm. it refers to the sheriff 
who is the big bad wolf. Right. The big, big bad B wolf. wolf. Yeah, Big B Wolf is his name. <laughs> and um, the big bad wolf is actually the sheriff of Fairytale Town, or what, right. what do they call it? It's not Fairytale Town. It's um, They're actually in New York. Um, yeah. But it's uh, Fable Town, I think is what yeah, they call Fable, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's Fable Town. But he's the sheriff, and I believe Snow White is the queen. In the comics or the... In the comics, I don't know about in the story okay, there. I don't know about the comics. Um, in the comics, I believe Snow White is the queen. Now it makes sense because in the series, or series, the video game series, Baby Wolf is the sheriff still, yeah. and Snow White is the female main protagonist. Okay. So it makes sense for him and her and to it, be Except the main in this, ones. unlike being just a, um, a queen or something... Um, Snow White is portrayed as a really shrewd businesswoman, almost. Yeah, she's basically the woman you go toward in Fable Town. Like, no, she's the mayor in Fable Town. Mayor, okay. she's not the queen. She's the mayor. Mayor, um, yeah. which is actually the character you see. She's a very shrewd businesswoman. She mm-hmm. is a mayor, right? And her and Big begin to because the decisions he make, he feels he needs to maybe rough and tough some people to get some answers mm-hmm. out of or make sure they stay in line. She's more like, we need to keep everybody safe. And by you hurting them, you're not keeping them safe. When people do something that um, really would, like, out the Fables characters uh-huh. in the main world, they're sent up the upstate Literally, to the farm. There's the actually farm. a farm they have upstate for all the characters that can't blend in with society. Right. And the giants, the um, different animal creatures. Yeah, like and- Toad, because <laughs> exactly. Toad was a big problem in there. He's not wearing his, uh, is it his familiar? It's some kind his of glamour. A, yeah, his glamour. glamour and once magic they wear of some that. sort that allows them, yeah. But um, we're getting on um, the different Telltale, but I personally think that The Walking Dead and the Batman series are my favorite. Okay, I gotta, uh, I'll have to play Wolf Among Us. Definitely do so. Um, I don't I, have an Xbox One. I have an Xbox 360, so I can only play the games that are on 360. Well, if you ever want to stay over here or come here earlier, you can play Episode <laughs> 1, because Episode 1 is like an hour playthrough. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Season 2 of Batman Telltale seems to be going off on a good start, and I can't wait for the episodes, and they seem to be doing better than the first season. And he looks more like Batman. Okay. So this is all. It's very fun. Cool. Well, that brings us to the end of the news section of the show, and um, now we need to get into our reviews. And there was actually a couple of really, really good books this week. There was a lot of good books. We're not reviewing all of them because I like no. what they did in Green Lanterns. Yeah, this was actually a light week for books. Mm-hmm. I only had like six books on my pull list this week. Yeah, I had about but, yeah about um, half six too. If I remember right, there was only um, a handful of books that um, were up. Hang on, the rebirth titles. But um, we did get the first of the Jack Kirby 100th Anniversary um, Special Editions, which is the New Gods Special Number 1, first one which we are reviewing this week. Yep. Um, um, we've also decided really that, um, well, we've decided we're going to do do reviews on all of the Jack Kirby specials. Yes. Because Jack Kirby deserves it. I was also going to say. I mean, Jack would, did a lot to shape the DC Marvel comic books in general. Oh, yeah, Jack From Kirby. the golden age on, because um, some of the stuff, um, the book for next week about the Newsboy Legion and the Boy Commandos were title were characters from the Golden Age. These were World War II characters, and the book is set in the World War II. And if you look at the drawings, it still feel like it has that old school mm-hmm. take on the character. Um, the New Gods were from the Bronze Age in the seventies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kirby. I mean, not just the um, he brought the New Gods to DC. He brought um, just about everything to Marvel mm-hmm. because guess, yeah. he w- he and Stanley and um, were the two main guys that basically created Marvel mm-hmm. in the sixties. Wasn't one of them. You write this. I draw it. It was something, yeah. Or Stan, both. Well, Stan Lee's always been a writer, right. And an editor. So Stan did the writing, and um, then um, now Jack Kirby. Kirby. Kirby brought his um, characters to life, mm-hmm. and he did great from yeah. Marvel and DC. Um, so, but also um, he is definitely missed in comics today. Yeah, but, but you can see we, his fingers everywhere in comics still, just like what they're doing with the New God special. Exactly. Um, so we're gonna we're definitely doing. I believe there's either six or eight books that um, in the 
series they're doing as the Jack Kirby specials. And we will do, do reviews on every one of them. And yep. also we're going to, starting next week is the um, Dark Knights Metal number mm-hmm. one. So we're going to be reviewing all of the Dark Knights books, too. We're going to be spending too. some money up till I think, December. Yeah. Oh, January, I think. It goes all through January. Whew. Well, well, I'm the excited for the we're ride. doing this week yes. is Green Arrow number, let me bring 28. it up. 28. And um, just like we were thinking, we saw um, two weeks ago, that, or last week we mentioned how um, it looks like Green Arrow coming to Metropolis is going to be, he looks like he's facing off against Luthor, and guess what? He's facing off with Luthor. And, and Superman yep. has a lot of doing weird stuff in the background, because if you look most of this book, he's just in the background doing things, Clark Kent being Clark Kent in the background. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I was uh, wondering when we did this last time, I was like, now who's going to be in here? Is it going to be the Superman, Superman, or is it going to be Super Lex? <laughs> and we kind of get both. Yes, which we should because they're both in Metropolis. Exactly. Um, uh, we start with, and I love the fact that um, in LexCorp Tower, we um, Luthor has one of those glass rooms hanging off the side of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's, um, I think if you go to Chicago, to the World Trade, or not the World Trade Center, the yeah. um, Sears Tower, I think it is, yeah. has like an observation and um, my, entertainment level. My friend has one of these hanging off the side yeah, of the building. my friend building. was sending me pictures when she was in Chicago about that. And I'm like, oh, that looks spooky. I would do I think I would try it. I would try it. See me. The closest I've been. Yeah. Was you ever been to Toronto? Yeah. You know oh, the CN the, Tower? That tower, yeah. At I went up there. the top of the CN Tower, on, on the observation level, there is actually a gla- section of glass floor. Yeah, but you just and go you and look at that. Well, have you? did you walk out on it? I was when I was younger. Well, uh, it's one of those that... Um, I don't remember. I, I don't think I did, edge. if I'm I don't remember. i heights at all. Yeah, I went to the I edge. I knew that things would happen. I walked to the edge, and I started to step out, and I'm like, and my foot wouldn't move to start with. Because <laughs> it, it's a mind trip. Yeah. But then it, you can kind of close your eyes and walk forward, and then you look down, and you actually get vertigo for a minute. Ooh. Or I did. I got vertigo for just a minute and then finally it clicked in that I was okay. That, okay. <laughs> See, me, I'm afraid of falling. I'm not. The thing with me, you know how most people say I'm afraid of heights? For me... Don't worry. Falling has never killed anybody. <laughs> uh, it's, it's stop at the bottom. <laughs> as long as you don't stop at the bottom, you're fine. Yeah, just let us fly. Exactly. Like birds. But um, I think I could do it because, uh, like I said, for, being afraid of heights and having a fear of falling are different. I can go up somewhere high and not have a problem. But once I notice I might... Uh, not doing it. Not going to fall <laughs> off. So I could do some lawns I'm supporting. And I do remember doing uh, doing that when I was younger. Just been forever ago. Well, but anyways, that the way me and Ken are describing tangent, this. Yes. Uh, this is what Lex Luthor has his own little side office. Why everybody else? Well, so he can look down on the little people. See, Lex has a god complex. This is why he doesn't mind being up high. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, he's at his Lex Corp and. People are telling him, you have an appointment. He says, I never made an appointment. Well, he doesn't know. Someone's here to see him, but that person does not have an appointment. And his name is the Green Arrow. Exactly. So, And he's oh, forcing his way into the office. Did, did you notice how they finally gave Lex red eyebrows? Oh, cool. I didn't see that until just now. Yeah. Because uh, he used to have red hair. Uh, well, once he gets into his uh, office, he starts taking out the guards. And in the background, you see Clark Kent walking about. And the conversation that Lex Luthor and Green Arrow are having are the things that he thinks he's with the Ninth Circle, but yeah. Lex is telling him he's changed his ways, he wouldn't do that, and even mm-hmm. if he basically was still going down that dark path, he wouldn't work with people like them. Yeah, well, it's interesting, because Lex tells um, Oliver straight up, the Ninth Circle offered me a position. They offered him a very high position in the organization. He turned her down. He's like, I don't need them. Mm-hmm. I have more money than they have in their, ba- their bank, and I have more money than them already. Yep. Um, and he's... Uh, 
saying, I don't know if this was a mistake. You're stupid with the uh, compound bow. <laughs> and he also was letting him know the bow is your life, and it has always been stripped down. Well, that what it is is um, Lex Luthor looked at Green Arrow and said, wait a minute, you've fallen on some hard times, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And Arrow's like, wait, what are you talking about? Look at your arrow. Everybody doesn't know Oliver's Green Arrow yet. Right. And then that's when he starts pointing out, you used to use a compound bow. You used to have um, your new bow is a, just a straight long bow. You have um, arrows that looks like you carved them yourself. Mm-hmm. And things you like that. These it. different things that Green Arrow used to buy right. that he's made himself. His suit is starting to fall apart a little bit. He's like, these are things that if you had money still, you would have, you, this stuff would be on point. And uh, also going on the background, you see Clark Kent walking down the street, just being Clark Kent and Superman at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sees a guy has a knife in his pocket. Sees that this guy is doing paint on the wall, and he dropped the paint and was about to hit a kid. Superman or Clark Kent stops that from happening. Um, there's an older lady that needs to get a taxi, and he opens up the door for her. Right as uh, he's stopping the criminal from uh, robbing this lady, he trips him up, and his knife falls out, and the paint can falls on him. Exactly. Just being Clark Kent. Yep. Um, back to the conversation at hand, uh, Lex Luthor tells, or asks um, Green Arrow, who do you think my favorite char- literary, char- literacy character is? He literary said, character, yes. Thank Can't words today. <laughs> um, he says, guessing directly, like, no, it's Sherlock Holmes, because he always has, he's always 12 steps ahead of everyone. Exactly. And then he starts talking about uh, Green Arrow's attire, his goatee, his bow, his armor, his boots. And um, he's saying how it's all just made from wood, as you were saying. Everything's mm-hmm. being this is pointing out now. what the um, why he knows that Arrow's having issues. And this is where Luther or Green Arrow tells Luther money factors into it, but it's not like you're implying. It's not what you're implying. I want to get back to what's stolen from me and my city. And Lex also says he's a bank account. So for saying this, he knows Green Arrow's Oliver Queen. Well, no, I don't know if he knows he's Oliver Queen. You don't think so? But he does know that um, whoever Green Arrow is. Uh, he doesn't have the money he had, so it, it won't wouldn't take much for him to figure out who Green Arrow. That's why I was saying I was. He didn't. He doesn't come out and say you're Oliver Queen, but with everything you've lost from your mm-hmm. city, your money. Well, that's like um, Luther and um, Luthor and Joker both. It's never been um, confirmed or anything else, but you kind of imply it with Luthor as smart as he is. If he has never figured out who Superman truly is. Something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Joker, they, it's all been straight up said that he knows who uh, Bruce Wayne is. But he doesn't care because he, but he doesn't Batman. care because the fun is not in revealing that. Mm-hmm. The fun is messing with Batman. Exactly. He doesn't care about Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne and Batman are two separate guys. Even mm-hmm. though they're the same guy under the hood, mm-hmm. when he puts on the hood, he's a different man. Right. <laughs> so he wants to play with the guy in the hood. Or some people say Batman, his true face, Bruce yes. Wayne, is just the mask he wears. Um, but as Clark Kent's walking, getting a donut uh, or a croissant. He hears someone screaming, oh, my God, from the Lex Luthor Corporation. Mm-hmm. And it's everybody in the whole office. They're cursing. They're gasping. They are shocked. And then once everybody finds out what's going on, they start jumping out the window. Exactly. All of a sudden, Superman has to go to work. Mm-hmm. And he's telling the people, don't know what you're suffering from, but it'll be okay. Um, or whatever you've done, everything can be redeemable. And then the... Um Croissant vendor looks up at his uh, soups, and you look up, there's about 15 people falling from the building. Yeah, everybody that seems to be working at LexCorp is just trying to commit suicide. They're jumping out windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where we get back to the Lex Luthor and Green Arrow um, talk. He, they're talking about how LexCorp employee went uh, rogue in D.C., and he's letting him know everything that he had to deal with with Wonder Woman. Then he tells him about the things that went on with The Flash, 
And he says, maybe one of uh, the obvious things that's going on here is you're after one of your employees because they might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is where he says, well, you're you're uh, nothing without them anyway. And this is yeah, he's he- trying to point out to Lex that um, they may not whoever this the Ninth Circle because you d- didn't go for them, they may they're not going to go after you. Mm-mm. They're going to go after your people. Right. And remember, your people are LexCorp. You exactly. are not LexCorp. Right. And then this is as he's telling him, you get to see these images of people reaching in their drawer, getting mm-hmm. a gun out, a lady well, making a noose, Lex's someone stepping out into this the... Is, well, I've heard this all from you before. You're being heart liberal and all this other stuff. Which he knows um, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Arrow's now, proud to be he that. he says... Um, you can't really be that believe that altruistic nonsense. You're as bad as him. And every time Lex says him, you know who he's talking about. The big guy with the S on exactly. his chest. And as I said, this, this is going on. People are opening up their phones. They see the um, this is the Ninth Circle's uh, plans being revealed as their logo on the screen. A man reaches into his uh, drawer to pull a gun out. A woman is on her desktop. Then she starts tying a noose. A woman, another woman's on her phone. She walks out into traffic. Another woman's uh, jumping out of a window. Yeah, there's a lot of people all of a sudden deciding that life isn't worth living. Um, now, uh, Lex has said straight up, though, um, that don't worry about um, him, because they're talking about Superman back and forth a little bit. Um, and it, Arrow's talking about how we've not really ever, we've not, we don't get along. And um, But Lex says, don't worry, this building has been outfitted with, a, with um, defiant technology, that keeps his seeming omniscience at bay. That means Superman can't see or hear anything inside the building. But at this point, when Ollie um, looks around and all of a sudden sees, wait a minute, something's, um, or no, this is before that. Um, now, yeah, the so way the man, Cyrus Broderick, yeah, they're talking about Cyrus Broderick, who's um, part of the Ninth Circle. Um, he's chess master to take over of Queen Industries. So now this is where Ollie's actually t- filling in. Um, Luthor on everything now because mm-hmm. Superman can't hear it anyway. Right. Um, now it includes, um, it, it, he's telling Luthor about the framing of, um, Oliver Queen for the Secretary's murder. Um, the, the bankruptcy of Seattle, the whole bailout that's turned Seattle into the privately controlled urban area that's now Star City. Um, Superman is still running around saving people, stopping people from bullets. And then, um, you know, these are the same people that um, we went over, the woman that was hanging herself, the woman that stepped out in traffic, mm-hmm. the guy had a gun to his head. Superman's hearing this around the city and going around stopping them from doing it before they can. Exactly. Now, um, Luther is saying that these are the same people who did all that are the same ones that are after me because I refused to um, invest in the Ninth Circle and become and join the board. Um, he doesn't believe this. Uh, it all sounds delicious. Um and he wonders what their next move will be. And well, it, the problem is, we're now seeing the next move already. Right. And the thing is, someone comes into his office, the secretary, I'm assuming. She says, sir, you better take a look at this. The stocks are dropping. They are nosediving. Yeah. And it's when Lex turns on his screen. He's like, how can this be? His name's Gold. Lex Torp is at the cutting edge tech of uh, everything. And they're the, really the most popular company out there right now. Mm-hmm. And he says, as, he, as Ollie told him, it's not you, Luther. It's your people that run LexCorp. Yeah, the people are dying and something's going crazy with your people. And so the investors are saying, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Um, and this is when uh, people he sees out, see, he, he notices that they're doing this because all the skeletons in their closet have been mm-hmm. revealed and they, they well, can't live with Well, what it is this. is they turn on the news and find out the employees at LexCorp offices around the metropolis are in a panic after a massive cyber attack publicizing affairs, abuse, prostitution, theft, gambling, and addiction. 
So all of their clo- skeletons in all of their closets are being revealed to everybody. Yeah, everything they thought they could hide is now coming to the light. So they're basically shaming the entire company one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Or actually all of them at the same time. So it looks like the Ninth Circle has made their move. And that was a lot of people working with the Ninth Circle. Uh-huh. That was a lot of people. Well, no, they weren't working with the Ninth Circle, but they all had skeletons in their closet. Okay. See, when I was reading this, I figured they might have had a hand no. in the Ninth Circle. Okay. Um, then we get back to Chinatown in Star City. And we get, um, what's this guy's name? I don't, oh, he's actually, he's one of, um, he's the actual member of Team Arrow that's inside Queen Industries now. I forget his name, though. I've not been reading Arrow long enough now. But they find out, um, Henry. I think he's in, yeah, Henry. He was shown a couple of first issues. Now, he's loving the fact that, um, they say he's, or he says he's able to work on all this code and do all this building of new apps and all this stuff and, um, Queen Industries is allowing him to do anything he wants, basically. And this is when Canary reminds him, wait a minute, remember, you work with the um, the Arrow, you know what's going on in the background. You don't let this, don't let them get in your head. Right. And they actually have the hard drive that um, Emiko and Black Canary stole last issue from the Underground Men, and they need him to um, decrypt it for him. Just so they be the hacker that he on. is. Exactly. Um, at this point, back in Metropolis, this is where Green Arrow looks up and sees people falling towards the office they're in. Yeah. And he goes to work. Now, he tells Luthor, um, he tells Luthor straight up, um, you want to be a hero, Luthor? Stop the cyber attack now. And as he does that, Lex is in the position of, well, it looks like he might be getting shot. He doesn't get shot by an arrow. Mm-hmm. Oliver was meaning just catching a man with his um, trench coat and another man with the bottom of his leg. Slamming them to the wall, saving their lives before they fell to their deaths. And then he dives out the window and grabs a woman so that she's falling. And um, out of nowhere, he sees... Um, now, the, he, the, he tells the lady, um, whatever pain you're going through, I've been there. Um, you can come back from this, I promise. And I, from somewhere else, you hear, well said, Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and he recognizes that, um, the to- that um, Arrow has changed from the tone of his voice and stuff. And... Um, Arrow says, well, let's just get this work done. So Superman, um, Lex Luthor, now that the window has been shot out, just says straight up, tell Superman that um, the right, the virus is actually in there. I'm working on getting rid of it. Um, it's a play on some advertising software they had. And it's not just a hack. And um, it doesn't just hack and broadcast everyone's personal data. It wraps all up in a subliminal message that actually um, inspires um, terror and um Extreme anxiety. So it's actually a subliminal message brainwashing people somewhat, too. So now that he's found the program, he's going to change the programming. And he's actually changed it so that instead of extreme anxiety and um, terror, it's going to um, inspire hope and love, mm-hmm. which is different for Luthor. Very different from That's Luthor. more of a Superman move. Yeah. The well, Superman and- would have just shut it down, but... <laughs> yeah. But um, you see it actually start to work, and people are starting to have grins and um, feeling the love. Um, and then you get um, a newscast saying, hey, wait, or um, this happened to um, Luther, but Luther single-handedly purged the malware um, and gave everybody the gift, um, purged the malware, um, plaguing the company, and then gave every employee a raise gifted out of his own salary. <laughs> and Superman tells Ollie's like, wow, what a hero. And Superman's like, no, you're the hero. You've actually made some major changes. I've talked to Dar- Barry and Diana. I know about your quest. Um, they told me you've changed and I see, now I can see that it's actually true, but, um, and he says, I'm proud of you. 
<laughs> and Ollie just tells him straight up, thanks, America's dad. <laughs> and that's what Superman has been for years. Mm-hmm. Now, um, he tells Ollie, um, you kept going even after the Night Circle ruined you. Um, that takes a lot of grit and heart. Um, you've actually changed. You're a different man than what I knew before. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else we got here? Because we're getting real close to the end. At that point, that's when um, Luthor flies in with his pa- new power, with his superpower suit. Um, then Superman looks, what do you, what do you want, Luthor? And um, Luthor tells him straight up just to talk to Mr. Queen. And um, Luthor, as thanks for, um, has actually realized what Ollie was trying to tell him about the people being the backbone of his company, um, said that he sometimes stands in his office and takes in the view and observes the specks of people below. Mere specks, they all seemed so insignificant from his vantage point. Now I know how vulnerable they make me. Uh, you helped me give. You helped give me a new perspective, um, Arrow. And for that, I want to thank you by offering some intelligence. Metropolis is the city of light, but you're needed. Um, you're needed next in a place of shadows. And basically, shows him that the next step of your quest and the next place you need to go is Gotham City. Oh yeah. So oh, next yeah. issue, we're gonna definitely get probably. Green Arrow working either with Batman or one of the other Gotham City vigilantes. As we got in here, we got both Superman and Lex Luthor. So I'm pretty sure if we do see Batman, we'll see the other ones. We might see Damien. That might be who they show. That would be interesting, too. Well, Damien's in like four other books right now, so. So is Batman, isn't he? He's getting close, yeah. So, um, but the next one up, uh, let me pull it up. Oh. You want to do which one? You want to do next? Let's do legendary. You want to do um, legend Justice All right, League legacy. Well, we get Justice League number twenty six. Now we mentioned this last week, and we've both mentioned multiple times that um, Brian Hitch isn't our favorite writer for Justice League. No, but but this story looks very very intriguing. Very especially very when you look at the actual names of the characters that are in this. Yeah. Um, should I give everybody the name of these characters? Well, now? let's go as we go. Yeah. Well, first in the see, first panel. Yeah, is we're twenty years in the future. In Metropolis, um, or in New York City, it's a, we're in Olympus, New York City, 20 years from now. And you see this giant mountain coming out of the ruins of New York City. Um, the reason why I was going to give them the characters is because this is what we see when we first yes. open it. Um, now, guys, these are characters. I'm just going to give you their names right now, then we'll get in more detail along the story. But for now, you have this character named uh, Cube, Hunter, Pri- Hunter Prince, Jenny Allen... Jason Allen, Cruz, which her name is Nora Allen, and uh, Sentry, who's the, well, I'll just say Sentry. She is mm-hmm. the queen of Atlantis. Yes. So, um, now, we might as well tell them who the, now some of these, we know this is the um, next, supposedly the next generation of superheroes, but it looks like it's the next generation of the new 52 heroes. Yes. You want to go through actually who we think these guys are? Yeah. Right away? Because um, I was so one, lost when I was reading this, Michael, yeah. too. Hunter is um, wearing a magic lasso on his belt. Yes, and he's now, wearing... Now, Hunter Prince. Now, we know Diana Prince is Wonder Woman. Right. Um, well, he's wearing a magic lasso. He's wearing a red cape with the Wonder Woman logo as the closure on it. Mm-hmm. But, but you see the back of the cape... That's red, is actually has it has the S of uh, the, the House Superman of L. S. Oh, turn the page. You were saying you saw it in the end of the book, but mm-hmm. it's right there on page well, two. Well, I missed that completely. He is wearing a Superman um, cape. Cape. So we don't um, somehow. The, it looks like he's actually the son of Superman and Wonder Woman. 
And the other thing that uh, got me was this. I'm assuming they're twins or just brother and sister. Jason and Jenny Allen. They are the new Green Lanterns of this future. But I'm trying to figure out how are they an Allen as a Green Lantern. Well, well also. The Cruz, which is Nora Allen. Mm-hmm. We know Nora Allen was actually the name of Barry Allen's mother. Right. So that is a... I'm thinking that's probably from... It um, looks like these and, are the three children of Barry Allen. Yes. And now, in the New 52, right. if I remember, if we remember right, mm-hmm. especially Didn't in the Jessica, Justice League books, Justice, Jessica, Jessica Cruz, Cruz has a crush on Flash mm-hmm. in the New Rebirth, but in the 52, they had a relationship going on yeah. for a little bit, didn't they? I, I believe so. Well, once so again... So maybe this is the product of them. Cruz is a Flash, mm-hmm. but um, Jason and are Green Jenny Lanterns. are Green Lanterns. Um, and then we also have... Who are uh, some of the other names of characters? Because one of them I can see is Cyborg, yeah, or the Cube. cube. Now, this is a son of Cyborg. The son of Cyborg? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how this works with him being a Cyborg, but he does have a son. We'll it looks like the boom tube technology is actually um, In integrated his into his body. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he's actually a Cyborg. It's almost like it's part of his body. Right. And he can do... He, to me, he looks more of a Cyborg than what his dad And was. then the next one we'll do when we get to her. With his uh, DNA. Yeah, um, when we get to her in the book, we'll get to that okay. one. Okay. So that's the, the five characters we start with. And... Um, and Hunter, in the beginning of this, is saying they stayed away from here for good reason. Um, the road to hell, no more hiding. Um, then it says, um, are you sure about this? The Mountain Olympus, Sovereign's Territory. Now, Sovereign is not a character I'm I'm familiar with, but Neither. you said um, it is a character that's been around before, and it's actually a witch or something that from the future. Well, and here, uh, I don't know if they – let me see. Now, Sovereign is has been shown – Come on. Only been shown in this issue, um, but she is a witch from the future. Okay. At least in this book. Well, according to this, yeah, so far. Now, this may change. I don't know. I was thinking maybe it was uh, Superman or Wonder... Because there's many uh, dystopian DC futures in this mm-hmm. show where Superman goes bad. Right. Or well, Wonder Woman goes bad, and that really doesn't go bad, but um, decides that, you know what? I have to take over because no one else can do this. Right, and the job that I need to do hasn't been done before by anybody else with a cape, so let exactly. me take this up. And speaking of that, um, we go on, and they're waiting for uh, Sentry. And they haven't gotten to her yet, but they have mentioned her. And mm-hmm. as everything's going on, uh, there's a conversation going on between Cruz and uh, Prince. Yeah. From what it looks like here, they have some. T- they have something going on. There's a relationship there of some sort. Um, and then this is where now, you... Yeah, go ahead. I'll say this is where you see Sentry come out of the water, and she tells them... Uh, there'll be time for you two to do that when we're done here or when we're dead. Um, now, Sentry, guys, is the f- future uh, queen of Atlantis and daughter of Aquaman. Yes. Um, and as they're talking, they're saying we need to hurry up and get all this done. The darkness is growing again. We can feel it. We have to stop it. And they put all their hands together like a little football team or any sports yeah. team. They put their hands together in a circle, and they say, together, always, friends, family. The interesting thing, family, is like three of the six of them may Are be brothers, brothers and sisters. sisters yeah. um, and then you do see somebody uh, screaming, get away. This is actually an old Aquaman with cybernetic arms. Yeah, it's like a combination Aquaman-Cyborg, except for ten times the size. Yeah, i never seen Aquaman this huge. I don't know, maybe Atlanteans, the older they get, they get bigger? Who knows? I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> but, well, the interesting thing is, did you notice the reference um, when, uh, what was her name? Um, Sentry. Sentry arrives. She says she left Atlantis, but it says, um, Hunter, you gotta, you'd better be right. Tempest's forces will overrun Atlantis now that I'm gone. 
Um, so I'm guessing Tempest, we know who Tempest is. Yes, that was the first Aqualad group to become exactly. Tempest. So it looks like Tempest is trying to take control of Atlantis at this point. Mm-hmm. It seems like all of our heroes that we knew, the parents of these heroes or uncles or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them, family members, these parent, these uh, heroes now have became evil. So the kids are going to have to become the exactly. new heroes. This is actually um, very similar to a lot of the other, like I said, the dystopian Elseworlds. futures that you see in the Elseworlds mm-hmm. in the DC Universe. Um, I'm liking this is why I like it so much. Um, but when Aquaman gets there, or they call him now Curry. It's like they've been they've seen a ghost, and then all she says, uh, "Oh, there they go." Hmm. Um, here we go, guys. So as Aquaman pops up, he says, "Get away!" And then you see um, the cube, which is Cyborg's son, says, "Oh God, it's Curry." And it's like seeing a ghost wearing my dad's corpse. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So it looks like Aquaman may have actually. Um Put his body somehow. Killed Cyborg at some point. Yeah, and mixed their bodies into one or used mm-hmm. Cyborg's body as a weapon of or his something, own. something, yeah. Um, and then this is where you see, what's her name? Um, Cruz. When we say Cruz, this is actually, you know, I didn't think of that either. Jessica Cruz. Uh-huh. Cruz. These Nora are Allen's probably all the three. Cruz. Yes, they're probably Jessica all Cruz? three brother yeah. sisters of Barry Allen and uh, Jessica Cruz. Mm-hmm. Well, Cruz, the Flash one. She uh, runs toward him, says, I'll take him down and slow him down. That didn't happen. He has some type of wave of energy popped up, and it blinded her. And well, it's that- a temporal grenade, she says, and uh, it slowed tem- her down. Okay, well, it sure did. And he bashes her into the ground. Then that's where you see uh, Prince come into play, and he's like, how dare you? Um, rejected by the seas and kept alive by only Cyborg's old body. Um, what a waste of a father. They start going blow for blow, but then this is where... Aquaman's the older one. He takes advantage of uh, the young one because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He can't fight real good. So he gets him in the gut, punches him, slams his head into the ground. He says, look, kid, you and the others are in over your head. Stay out of this. And he says, then I won't have so to kill sounds you. So like, him saying that sounds like there's some type of a war going on, possibly. Mm-hmm. And then this is now more of this is making sense to me. Then this is where you get the kids of uh, the other two kids that are the Green Lanterns right now. I don't know if they're actually the Green Lanterns because if you look, one's got a yellow construct, one's got a red construct. But wait, here's the thing that just picked up on. Now, these are new Green Lanterns of this world. They have yeah. the Green Lantern logo. But if they are the son and daughter of the Flash and Jessica Cruz... They have the Green Lantern power, but their color constructs are yellow and red, just like their father. Quite possibly. That's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Are, are they actually, um, do they naturally have, because it looks like they're they not using like, a ring. They're not using a ring. They look like they are naturally having. Yeah, the, the Green Lantern power. Exactly. Um, and, well, if you, you read the new, uh, D, the new Green Lantern book. Yeah. We've seen what happened with the rings and everything, how powerful they can mm-hmm. go beyond what we know. Oh, yeah. Who knows if well, Jessica Cruz has the. Bring of the old. They may be like infused with the exactly, power. exactly. Um, so as they're trying to take him down, they're holding him for a good bit, but they give the other team some time to go and run away, and they're all uh, teleporting here from the uh, Trine, which the new Aqua was her name, uh, Sentry uh, has, and she basically just says the magic and the physics that um, they can't work against. Um, they keep pushing, and you gotta keep pushing on. And they've got him, and you have to forget that he's your dad. That's oh, what wait. Telling. I never noticed this before. Oh. Where it says he's got a dark ring. Look on his finger. Oh, crap. He's got a black lantern ring. Did not notice that either. Huh. Um, well, since he has the black ring, this is what's causing him to have like this black orb around them. And that's when uh, the tribe actually But it is a straight black lantern ring. That is a black lantern ring. That might be how he's able to use the dead corpse of Cyborg. Quite possibly. This is getting good. He may be a reanimated corpse himself. He might be. 
Um, that's why I keep saying he's not your dad. No, you're not just because he's evil, because he's literally not the same person they knew. Aquaman is not the same mm-hmm. Aquaman. And this is where um, they're using the the Triton, and it, she tells them all to hang on. They basically swiftly move out of that black hole into somewhere else and says, uh, is everyone okay when well, they I get there? On, they, um, someone mentions a boom tube, I think. I don't think they used the boom tube just yet. No? That's okay. The, that's the Triton. The boom tube yeah, does the come to play okay. a little bit later. Um, and then she asks, is everyone okay? The dark ring left them a little winded, and they might uh, be okay for a while, but Jason and uh, I have to use the light again. When they say Jason and I, she's talking about um, Jason and Jenny Allen, which are the two. I'm thinking they're twins yeah. of the Green Lantern and Flash, and then Quite uh, Cruz is, was you know born by herself, probably the older sister. Um, and then they're moving on saying it won't take Curry long before he finds us and block his boom tubes. That's so, how yeah, that's them. the boom tube they were mentioning. Yeah, because um, Curry having Cyborg's body can actually um, use boom tubes. And uh, they're moving quick and mm-hmm. says, are you still sure about this cube? And I don't know where this is, but what kind of, what what temple is this? It's like it's a, I don't know where it is. It doesn't fit the world around them. It's like an yeah, old what? Atlantean world. Yeah, it could be. I was trying to see if this was, well, Atlantean or Themyscirin. It or, could be. Well, remember, this is supposed to be Mount Olympus. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and as they're walking, um, they look at the Infinity Core. Building has uh, been there for over a decade, and they said they wonder what happened. Well, the same well, thing happened means, to the rest um, of the world. Well, that means it's ten, 10 years ahead of where we are now is when this was created. So remember, this is 20 years in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and they says, do you hear that? All these things that are coming in is singing, they hear. Um, and then they go down. It looks like there's all these test tubes that they're working with, and they say this was over a lifetime ago. It was forever. And if you look at this mess, uh, there's a lot of work to be done here. Next thing uh, you see, Q uh, actually start his. The thing about Q, just like Cyborg, um, being full Cyborg, he could put maybe his finger into like this uh, computer and he could control a computer. Well, Cube, on the other hand, looks like he is actually a computer himself. Yeah, his skin kind of flows into the computer and he starts controlling it. Very creepy, guys. The best way I can describe this for um, anybody out there who hasn't read this. No, this is a Marvel comic, but the best way I can describe it is if you remember, oh, man, Warlock, the way his was drawn. It's like whenever his body infused with something, mm-hmm. they would have that same pattern of his hands seem to or be Or like you said, molding. Cyborg does that too. But um, full on, yeah. just with metal. This guy's skin is like turning into the computer. Well, they're looking for someone named Vincent who actually sent a message to them, but they find his dead body. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when the cube pulls cube up a says, video. Wait a I can actually hear him. It's faint, but he's still here somewhere. And then they bring up the video that, um, and it's him saying, "You got my message. Look at you, all grown up. Um, stones know what to do. The stones know what to do. Um, take you, they'll take you where you need to go. One chance to fix the world and end the darkness and save us all." Yep. At that point, someone comes smashing into the room. Mm-hmm. It says, "You should not have come here." Now this is um, this is sovereign, and this is the witch, the evil witch from the future, mm-hmm. and she's out to take down the Justice League children. Now, she looks like a cyborg herself, doesn't she? Or yeah, a little bit. She's got at least some metal armor on. I'm wondering who you made know that. what? Red and black, or black armor with red trim? Doesn't that sound like Batman Beyond? It's be, it, it's interesting. What if this is, because you mentioned earlier, we've not seen a Batman in this yet. No, and I was wondering if Could the this be villain is... The Batman, the one, or the a, a new incarnation of Batman or Batwoman or Batgirl. Maybe, and this is the son or daughter of Bruce. Possibility. And who else? I don't know. Maybe another Talia? I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, but they're starting to go at it, and and you see, um, oh, what was Century. Aquaman's Sentry is actually using Atlantean water magic against her. Um, and Sovereign laughs it off. It says magic against me. Um, she's she conquered Mount Olympus. Oh, she sir, exiles sir, the former is that gods. Oh, never mind. I, got, I was trying to figure out if I'm yeah. pronouncing her name right. So I was like, you're going to use magic against someone who destroyed the old gods? Yeah, not a not very smart. And as they're just taken down, now we see uh, Cube trying to uh, open up a portal and take them somewhere else in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the boob tube being infused with his body, unlike what Victor Stone's old body is doing for um, Aquaman, if this is the son of Cyborg, I'm pretty sure he would have more powers with the Cube being born with it. Yeah. And they do get away from the evil witch, Sovereign. Now, mid-city, now. Yeah, literally, going through <laughs> in a, the time um, frame of what the get, Justice League yeah, are in Rebirth. Midway city. Um, and it, it looks like a war zone's gone off. It basically looks like the world that we just saw mm-hmm. from the future. This is the maybe the start of it. And the Justice League is examining this, trying to figure out what happened, um, analyzing the patterns of damage. They're sending all the information to Batman to see what he says. Um... And at that point, yeah. uh, Superman is talking to Diana about it. I mean, the, basically the entire Justice League is sitting there talking about this. And actually, at this point, Justice League Mera is there instead of Aquaman. Because remember, Aquaman is stuck in the city. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, whoops, yeah, there's an ad. Uh, and this is where Diana says she really feels like she can't do anything to stop it. Her whole life she's been trying and has failed. Yeah, to stop people <clears throat> from hurting each other and, and fighting. But at that point, something... A circle starts appearing, and they're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, and they, a portal opens, and the six kids fall out. And saying how that was a really rough ride, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh-huh. Um, and they say, wait, I can't believe it worked, we found you. And they justly just, ask, who are you? And they tell them, we're your children from the future. Uh, if you look at Cruz, she's pointing right at Jessica. Yep. So that I think we're right. And if you also look... And now I'm seeing this. The eyes are pointed at their uh, crews and Flash too from mm-hmm. the twins. And, and it says it's um, the world. The world is almost finished, broken, billions dead, and it's all your fault. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of this episode or this issue. Yeah. And the next one is Justice League: The Next Generation. That's so that's really Justice good. League 26. It, this is going. To, this is actually. Um, finally, actually, for me, this actually is starting to catch my attention. Well, same here from O'Brien Hitchhat. Well, the thing that taught... I'm loving this time trial stuff, so the thing that I remember called my attention for Justice League, I started picking up a couple of issues, was when they went scattered around time and Cyborg yeah. met the Legion of Heroes, Legion of Superheroes. And I'm like, oh, well, they're doing a little bit of a tie-in here. I like this. So if Brian Hitchhat is going to do on this time traveling thing, keep it up. Mm-hmm. At least until... He's done writing books in a little bit, isn't he? At least for Justice League. Well, yeah, he's moving on from Justice League to something else. Um, but that was good. Uh, so happy to see the children. But our next one is going to be next one is actually three stories in one. We mm-hmm. got the New God special, and we just saw. And it reminded me there there are six Jack Kirby specials. Yeah, there will cool. be a um. Hang on just a second. There's an ad in here for the for it. Let me find it, and I'll tell you what all of these are going to be. Uh, Mr. Miracle we have for next week too. Uh, where to go? Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Um. I saw it in Justice League, so I know it's in there. And I'll, you might have to fill me in more on here. I don't still know who this was in the last one. Uh, oh, Children of Earth. That's a good. That's actually a good show. That's funny. Is it? Yeah, I haven't even heard. Oh, of it. it is hilarious. Or People of Earth. You know, Sorry, you people told me. Yeah, People of Earth. Okay. Um, I'm still finding some of these ads are awesome, but it's terrible when you got to try to find them. Uh, Mr. Miracle. 
There it is, the Jack Kirby specials. Now, this is the New God special number one. Um, and it's, uh, next week, we actually have the Sandman special number one that's coming out. We'll have that in our honorable mentions later. Um, the Newsboy Legion and the Boy Commandos special number one is already out, which I have sitting at home. i got to read it still. We still have the Manhunter special coming, the Dark Side special, and the Black Racer and Shiloh Norman special. So... Those are the six ones we're going to actually be covering. Um, and it's basically stories about the most famous creations Jack Kirby had in DC Comics. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's interesting because the Sandman in this is the original Sandman from the Golden Age, not yeah. the Neil Gaiman one. So, uh, but in this one, the New God special, the first story is Orion of New Genesis. And, um,. You find see Orion coming to into New Genesis, just talking about who he is. He's born of war. Um, we know he's the son of Darkseid. Um, well, yeah, he's the son of Darkseid, but also being raised was, by yeah, High Father. He was Father. raised by High Father because Dark, in this one, to bring everybody up to speed who doesn't know, um, Darkseid and High Father signed a treaty years ago, and to seal the treaty, they traded sons. Mm-hmm. Now, who was the son of High Father that went to Darkseid? Because in this, they don't mention it. Is that oh, Calabac? Yeah, that's Calabac. That's always been Calabac. Was Calabac High Father's son? Yep. He, well, the thing for me that I always picked up on, I know there's not a lot of similarities between uh, Darkseid and Orion, except for the way their skin is. Uh, but if you look at the way the beard and the hair is on High Father, and then look at Calabac, it's, it's okay. the same. Now, does um, Calabac know that he's yes. High Father's son? They both know. Okay, they both know. They know that they were. See, I didn't read sent. a whole lot of the Fourth World stuff. I didn't either. I just read up on them, and oh. they they knew. Like, hey, that's why I always you call did each your other. Homework. I if I don't have the comic books, I'll do my homework. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were talking about how that's why they're always calling each other brothers. They okay. are nowhere near being called real blood brothers. But it's like, hey, our dads trade us off, so yeah. we're basically brothers, right? Well. This one here, we have Orion showing up to talk to High Father and Light Ray, um, and then basically the other the three characters from the New Gods that are in this one are um, High Father, Light Ray, and I didn't realize Bug the Forager. And that was another one the, I knew. Um, young Animal series yes. uh, issues is actually a New Gods character. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was weird when um, they made him and uh, man, was the uh, Doom Patrol. They said we're going to put this on Young Animal. I'm like, but they are. A D, I know they're DC property, but they were yeah. in the main universe. That's why exactly. I was Exactly. Well, so is the original Shade the Changing Man. Okay. Well, um, so. but yeah, he, he was a part of the New Gods. He was, okay. a, like I said, he was on the bottom of the totem pole, mm-hmm. as what you're seeing happen in this book, but he was a part of the New Gods. But we're going to need to, we're going to speed through this a little bit. Um, Orion comes to talk to them. They find out that, um, Bug has come to High Father because they found Calabac is actually on New Genesis creating, it looks like one of the, um, oh, what do they call their pits? The um, they uh, call it an energy pit, but on um, apocalypse, what are they called? The um, death pit, something like that. But Calabac is building an energy pit here on New Genesis for some reason. Yeah, no, it's still called his energy pit. Yeah, and Bug has actually um, escaped Calabac because Calabac had actually um, enslaved Bug's people mm-hmm. to build this pit. And by no means necessary. The reason why this is all happening. Uh, Bug says, I'm worthless, I'm just worth a bug, I didn't mean to make this mistake. He drops some of the weapons that he was supposed to be carrying back, or technology. Once he drops that, that's when um, Killerback says, let me show you some respect. You don't drop my stuff. And he basically tortures him with his whip, leaves him smoldering. Mm-hmm. And that's when he basically, I think, plays dead or so injured he can't do anything. Then you see two other characters pick him up and drag him slowly to medical care, or whatever mm-hmm. they would call medical care, probably death, or just pick him up and take him to his headquarters or his room. 
Um, he, they all start talking. I can't believe it worked. You, you figured out how to get away from him. The best way to get away from Apocalypse is to fake your death or fake it, an injury where you know you yeah. can't work anymore. That's what he did. And once he does that, he heads to um, New Genesis. And this is where he starts to tell them the plan that Killerback has. Exactly. Um, at this point, Orion is talking about how um, by the new gods and the, or the old gods and the new, he dares set foot here on my home. He's getting all ticked off. He's like, no, I have to go take care of Calabac. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for, now, in order for him to do that, they've come up with a plan. Forager's going to um, lead him back to where the pit is at. Um, and the pit is only a day behind schedule. Um and he realize, and the bug realizes that if the pit is finished, Calabac will kill all of his people because mm-hmm. you can't have any witnesses. Exactly. Well, then we switch to Apocalypse, and you get Desaad talking to Calabac and tell him how um, you need to hurry up because Darkseid is growing suspicious about what's going, where you're at. Um, so it's like um, everything will be good as long as um, you build this pit. Before Darkseid finds out why you're gone, so you can show him what you've done. Mm-hmm. And um, Calabac tells him, "Don't worry, everything's on construction. The construction is complete. The um, Kerbin Next technology is going to breach the core of Genesis, and it's going to replicate and feed off the energy of New Genesis until." And then um, the Sod says, "It finishes it for him until New Genesis is consumed. Then finally, or no, this is Calabac saying." Um, then finally, I will rule as Calabac, the destroyer, the, the destined conqueror. And Cal- or, um, the Sod him, yes, that is correct. Um, you will be High Father's, or you will be um, Darkseid's pride, unless. And then he finishes it with, um, there's actually been some whispers of um, Darkseid's love for Orion. Mm-hmm. It would be a shame if your half brother were to intervene in your adventure um, for your father's affections. And then Calabac says, "That's what I'm hoping for. With the new beta, cl- with the new power he has from this pit, he's gonna um, totally destroy Obr- Orion." And as he do- as he's talking about this, Orion and Light Ray attack, and you get a lot of battle back and forth of Orion and Calabac. Calabac, because of the club and the energy, is like five times the size he usually is, um, and they just fight back and forth until finally. Um, let me see. The, and part of the plan was also Light Ray and Orion are going to distract everybody so Bug can climb into the middle of this pit to put in a bomb yes. and destroy the pit. Bug is being a little bug. Exactly. <laughs> and he was told he was given very specific instructions. Place the bomb. Hit the button to start the bomb. Then run like hell. <laughs> that sound familiar to you? <laughs> um. Um, and now um, Calabac and Orion are still fighting and fighting, um, talking about... Um, the true son of Darkseid and how um, Calabac is going to finally take his pl- Orion's place in Darkseid's heart, and um, which I don't know if Darkseid really has a has heart. A heart but, yeah. Hey, um, and then uh, or Orion's telling him how um, he doesn't see you, or he does see you, but as a weakling, um, needing the toys of the sot to increase your strength. Um, and then out of nowhere, an explosion, and the pit is destroyed. Um, and then... Um, then Calabac asks him, no, what have you done? And Orion says straight up, it's called a distraction. Mm-hmm, you idiot. Um, I couldn't be, I couldn't be the brother of a fool, as, such a big fool as you. And uh, this is where it, uh, they're like, hey, it blew up. And then this is where, um, oh, man, what's his name? Uh, Light, Light, Light Ray. Ray. He uh, tells them, it's done. Um, 
the pit's core was destroyed. Yeah, and then Orion tells him, I will deal with him on my own. He yeah, says, well, Light Ray says, now that um, the blaster got most of the parademons, we can get together and deal with Kalabak. Orion says, no. I said, I will deal with my brother. And he breaks um, Light Ray's hand. And when he turns around, he takes off his mask, revealing his his real face. He yeah. looks a lot more like a... Like a denizen of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize Light Ray's mother box is actually in his headband. I didn't know that it also fixed his broken bones. Yes. Um, he did break his bone, but because of the headband, um, yeah, because Light of Ray's his mother like, boxes, he's able to fix I'll be his fine. Hand. I'm just worried about him going down this dark path. And then that's when Bug says, uh, he looks a little different. What's going on there? He says, Light Ray tells Bug, Orion is actually a son of Dark Side. This is like for everyone we yeah. just said, explaining, filling everyone in that doesn't know. He's the son of Darkseid, and Orion and him have opposite fathers. They were traded off when at birth for the treaty. Mm-hmm. Um, but that face that he has on right now is definitely the face of what a uh, son of uh, Darkseid would have. And he's going after back his brother. His brother's walking away all sad, saying, My plans are ruined. I have failed you, father. Then Orion comes and just yells, Kill him back! <laughs> yeah, and then, then the real battle starts. Yeah, and he takes him through three walls. Big self. Kill him back's pretty big. Um, mm-hmm. And he's punching him, bloodying him up, throwing him around like he's nothing. Then they start going blow for blow. Killback starts fighting back. And then once he throws a punch, um, Orion just breaks his arm, pops that thing right out of place. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, I was taught. He says, what has Highfather taught you? Uh, flowers and everything right before he broke his arm? He says, no. Highfather taught me how to mask my rage. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, he knows he's a son of Darkseid. Oh, Highfather knew how to help him control those tendencies of going down a dark path. If you're going to do it, know when to show it. Exactly. The next page is really bloody of um, Orion breaking Kalabak, Yeah. Knocking his teeth out, all of these things. Blood just splattering Kalibak everywhere. asks, do it, kill me, finish this. That's when Orion stops. He pulls out his mother box, and his face went from looking like something from Darkseid going back to looking like the new gods yes. of um, New Genesis. And he looks normal again. He opens the Doom Tube and Killback's like, oh no, please just finish it. Don't do not do what you think. Don't do that. No, no, no. Yeah, and then um, Orion tells him straight up, I'm not going to kill you, Kalabak. No, you deserve something far worse. I'm going to take you back to father. I'm sending you to Apocalypse, back to our father. He says, oh no. No. Not, not while I'm broken. He'll, he, he'll hate this. He knows I fell and there's a tear running in his eye. He's just like, oh please, bro. Bro, he's like, brother, don't do this to me. Boop, throws him in and tell dad I said hi. Exactly. The portal closes up, and now they're getting all the slaves out. And um, this is when you see uh, Light Ray come to o- Orion and tell him, "We've done it. We freed them." And then he says, "Light Ray, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to your arm." Uh, he shakes his hand and he says, "Look, everything Orion that you did is in the past. But like High Father taught us, uh, don't let your past uh, take uh, our future. Uh, let's look forward to this together." And they have saved the people while Bug holds the mask of Orion. He gives it back. They fly off back to New Genesis. And Light Ray asks him straight up, um, Orion, I want to know before we get back to High Father. And Orion finishes the thought for him and says, Calabac, um, you know, um, you want to know if I have killed him? He says, No, Light Ray, I did not kill Calabac. And Light Ray wants to know why. I mean, it's good you that you didn't. And he's and Orion tells him that I didn't kill Calabac because that was. Or that is what he would have done in my place. Today I realized something important. I realized today that I'm not my father's son. I'm Orion, a son of New Genesis. Mm-hmm. And that's the first story. 
The next one's a lot shorter one. It's about Orion again, but this one's actually written by Walt Simonson. No. And illustrated, I believe. No, I'm trying to figure out in this next story. This is about Orion, but who's the guy that's with him? Um, his name is right here, uh, Seagrin. It's another one of the characters from New Genesis, and this is a very early story in um, Orion's life. And they're basically on Apocalypse under the seas. Um, and he says, uh, "Wait, today we see the host an empty flyer with boom tube capabilities, and they're uh, going back and forth, diving down, looking for something." I don't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head. Uh, was the... I think Highfather was right to send us. He felt the presence of new... Oh, Highfather found a new new evil on the apocalypse. Okay, just new evil. So they're there to dangerous. investigate find out what it is. And they're looking in the depths of the sea. Um, Orion doesn't like this ocean. It tastes awful, he says. Yeah. Um, then Orion messes with him. You afraid? Work. I'm afraid of nothing. No? Then um, you may be about to learn wisdom, my godling. Um, now remember, this is very early in Orion's career. His life. Now, before the below them, they see this giant octopus-looking thing. Looks like a kraken, almost. Uh huh. And then um, Sigrin tells um, Orion, "The crake is not what we're here to find. The mother box senses something far below in the depths, much more dangerous." Now, will you? I need you to entertain the crake while I go see what's going on. <laughs> Orion's like, well, what? Wait a minute, entertain the kraken? Yeah. Or the crake? They call it a crake, but it looks like a kraken. kraken. Mm-hmm. So okay, so he has to fight the crake while um, while Seagrin goes deeper, and then like two panels later, all of a sudden you see Orion, someone shouting, "Orion, brace yourself! It's time to depart!" And you see Seagrin coming up, and a lot larger crake is on his right behind him. And he says, "We found what we were looking for. Uh, the depths are filled with teeth on the of the um, filled with teeth of the sea. Um, now um, merely fighting." is too simple for, of an answer. He's Because Orion's like, why are we leaving? I'm not afraid of a couple of big fish. He says, you got to learn um, to fight wisely. Look backwards. And they see hundreds of these little teeth of the sea coming at them. And they realize, wait a minute, that's the problem. There's hundreds of these little creatures here that are attacking. Um, so the strategic withdrawal seems the wise choice. Um and then they, they decide to take off, and they found out, um, fortunately, these creatures can't fly. Of which Orion says, are you sure? <laughs> Seagram's just talking about how I, I'm optimistic about this. <laughs> oh, and I found out I was looking up Seagram. Seagram's um, a water, he loves water of the new gods. He's yeah. He's not like their Aquaman, but he's like the guy that's always by the pool. Okay. <laughs> um, but they said that the um, Deep Six were bred with an unholy in the unholy sea. They can't fly. Darkseid is Darkseid is actually spawning monsters in the secret grottos, he, and he lusts for a new war. So he's looking for new play, new battle, um, new things to battle. Um, and they find out these are possibly some of his new soldiers. So um, they basically the whole idea was they're going to find out um, who these creatures are. And now they got to take the information back to Highfather. Um, I think that was pretty much it, isn't it? Uh, I thought there were yeah. some Kirby stuff, but now not. we got yeah. Well, we have a couple of stories, an actual reprints of Jack Kirby specials. Yeah, but I mean, we don't um, got one's about Lonar, Lonar. who is actually yeah. a loner, a guy working all by himself on um on what's called Supertown, which is a part of New Genesis that is all in ruins. Um, and he finds a mother, or he uses a type of a mother box to free a battle horse that he now uses to explore the. 
um, countryside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a one-page um, of description of Calabac from the original, uh, the original Jack, Jack Kirby. Um, Jack Kirby. Then you get Lonar meeting up with um, Orion at some point, and they're talking about the horse and um, everything there. So um, there's a co- cool couple of stories, but um, this overall was I. I enjoyed this story a lot. There's oh, a lot of too. stuff I don't know about New Gods because I didn't read the New Gods which, a lot. Which I, like I said, which is funny. I thought you had more knowledge than I did. No, I didn't. What I know, when I was first introduced to Darkseid mm-hmm. was in the Super Friends. When he showed up in the Superpowers. Same, same. Um And then I seen them again in the Superman animated series. Then yeah. explored more with them in Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I did my research with them. That's why I know some of these. And plus, they played a big part in, well, not... There was a big thing that happened to them in um, uh, Justice League: Gods and Monsters. Have you watched that yet? Damn it! No, I've not seen it yet. No, oh, dude, you got you got to watch it. Really good. That's an Elseworlds story. Um, as I said, Batman is Kurt Langstrom. Okay. Uh, Superman is actually the son of uh, I can't think of Superman's real mother, Enzod, because he oh, put his Laura DNA. Zod? Yeah, he put his basically he touched something and he said my DNA is gonna go into this child, but they still sent him to Earth. Still grew up the same way, but he was by Zod. So he had a little bit of different... He was yeah. good, but things he did was not what Superman would do. Yeah. But he still fought for us, which was great. And then the Wonder Woman was actually a new god. Ah, okay. And um, she was supposed to marry... Was it... I think it was Orion. I have to... I can't really remember. I think she was supposed to marry Orion. They killed Orion, poisoned him or something. She's on his uh, lifeless body, and that's when she gets away in a boom tube and goes to Earth. Um, but anyways, the new gods, everything that happened there, they play a bigger part, and they showed all of the new gods there. Big Barda, uh, Mr. Miracle, Bug, uh, High Father, Light Ray, and you got to see some of them, and they dive a little bit more into the way the new gods live their lifestyle. Cool. Uh, so there's, a, there's just a lot of media where you can get your little uh, research on Yeah, I have guys. to just go check that out. Uh, but that brings us to the end of our reviews and the news, so mm-hmm. there's one thing left to do. Just one thing. we got to go somewhere, right? Yep. So, guys, this brings us to our comic shop, and that is by the Shazbots. You can find them, or where can you find them, Ken? At Shazbots.com and on iTunes and Facebook. Uh, check them out. Let them know the DC Superpowers podcast sent you. Please, please do. Um, now, our book, we got a couple books. We got a lot of books actually going to this week. Um, we have Aquaman, issue 27, Underworld, part 3. Aquaman lives... Threatened by the return of Atlantis Naturals, Killer rules King Wrath. Um, accelerates his plans to scrub and uh, scrub the sunken city of the ah, sorry sunken city of all of its ancient magical treasures. But why is he uh, shot picking magic? Whatever the reason is, Wrath will Stockpiling need magic. thank you. Uh, will need all the firepower he can get. When Mira breaks through the barrier oh, she surrounding the city, uh, art done nice. by Stephen Sizek and written by Dan Abnett. Okay, that's going to be interesting because Mira, for the last two um, issues, has been basically trying fighting, the, beating on the barrier, trying to break through. Mm-hmm. She's strong enough to actually break it. That's and like you said, the artwork has been amazing. Oh I, yeah, I want to get this war jokes and riddles. Um, Oh, sorry. The reason why I want to do this is because also, guys, I didn't say this when I was doing the video game review of uh, Batman Telltale. 
like I said, when there's something going on in the media of DC Comics, it's going to be taken somewhere else in the media of animation, oh, yeah. video games, or the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, there was an older Riddler, like in Gotham. They put that in the game. Also, the Riddler and Joker do not see eye to eye in the video game. No, so they I'm never see eye to eye. But that's what they're really exploring with right now. And after seeing the war of jokes and riddles, they, I'm like, oh, that's going on again somewhere else. Exactly. Uh, and actually, that brings us to Batman number 29, uh-huh. the war of jokes and riddles part five. Batman has done his best to keep the peace, but with neither faction backing down, he may have chose, or he may have to choose the lesser of two evils if he wants the violence to end. Will Batman embrace the murderous anarchy of the Joker? or the bloody fascism of the Riddler. If he wants to win, he'll have to choose a side. Either way, he loses. Art by um, Mikkel Janin and written by Tom King. Now, this is interesting because, remember, both of us, like the War of Jokes and Riddles has been okay. Yeah. It's not been, for me, it hasn't been fantastic. I mean, I'm still reading it, but it's not been fantastic for me. Um, And this is all stuff that happened back during Batman, basically year one. The first year of him being Batman, this happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, I thought they could just put more into it. But really, all we've seen has been like a, I don't know, it's not not really Batman in there. It's more so, what's Riddler doing? What's Joker doing? And this is basically like giving Batman or Riddler and Joker their own book with Batman as a side character. Right. Which I think is great. It sounds great. But the execution right now just seems a little boring. But it looks like from here, I see what they're doing because we saw from Tom King last week that what's coming up next in Batman. Because um, as soon as this oh, is yeah. over, mm-hmm. in issue, I believe, 31, we yeah. get Catwoman's answer to Batman. Right. To Bruce on whether or not she's going to marry him and what happens from there. So it looks like it's going to get real heavy real quick. Yeah. It, so they needed something that would get away from Batman for a minute, give him a break, and then we're going to get right into the heaviness. I feel like there's a little bit of filler, but yeah. with Joker and Riller being back, I thought it would be a big filler uh, yeah. with a, well, more things. And also, you can't really do too much with something that's already happened. Exactly. Nothing major. Um, the next one we have here, speaking of Batman, is Batwoman issue number six. Open Fire Part 1. Return to the brief flash of the future scene in Batwoman, Rebirth, and meet Commander Kane, a battle-hardened version of Batwoman. Um, hurting from the battles unknown, she's taken control of the deadly colony and declared war on Gotham City. What could possibly cause Kate Kane to bring the battlefront to her home? Find out here. Um, the art is done by Eddie Bowers and written by James T. Tinian IV and uh, Margaret Bennett. That's going to be interesting because as much as um, her father tried to get her to take over Colony, remember, the Colony, and she wouldn't do yeah, it, that's and right, she ended yeah. up putting him in, so what, like they said, that, what is going to cause her to finally um, take over the Colony? Yeah, but that all happened in Detective Comics. That was, that was a good run, too. And if you look behind her, remember, all the Colony soldiers are like variations on um, on the Batsuit. Take a look there. Oh, yeah, well, you know. Ooh. So. Well, remember they were they were all like that anyway. They were supposed to be basically an army of Batman. It mm-hmm. was um, her father's version of Batman. Yeah. But the next one we get up, we talked about Arrow going to Gotham. Well, we get Arrow number twenty nine, Green Arrow number twenty nine, Hard Traveling Hero Part Four. Black Canary and Green Arrow's missions converge in two cities at once. Canary's in Seattle, where she's hot on the trail of the auctioneer. And Arrow's in Gotham City, where Oliver Queen's investigation into human trafficking among the city's elite draws the attention of Bruce Wayne. Art done by Juan Ferreria and Benjamin Percy. Now, remember, um, this answers the question some about who we're going to see working with Arrow. He's going to be working with the Batman. 
Yeah. Or at least with Bruce Wayne, but Batman's on the cover. So I'm pretty sure you know. He Does Batman and Bruce Wayne know who each other are? If he knows who uh, everyone Batman else is. Batman knows who Bruce Wayne is, yes. Uh, what I said? I'm sorry. <laughs> Green Arrow? Batman Green knows who Oliver everybody. Oliver know who Bruce Wayne really is in Batman. I don't know at this one, but I, it's like I know Batman more than likely knows, knows who Green, who Green Arrow, Arrow is. is. He knows who everybody is. He does. He's Batman. He, he and I think it, Arrow at this point has been part of the Justice League at some point. Yeah, and maybe. he knows about so, Diana. He knows so it Flash. Like, yeah. It seems like he has some running with the Lex. He knows everything about him. The big boy blue. So I'm pretty sure uh, mm-hmm. Bruce... He probably and, knows. And they're both billionaires. They're the same character, really. Yeah. One uses arrows, one uses bats. <laughs> um, next, anyways, guys, is Green Lantern issue number 29. Out of time, part three. The death of one of their own shakes the new Green Lantern's resolve. Simon and Jessica step up to lead the charge that may be their only hope to ever returning home to their own time. The art is done by Julio Ferreira, uh, Eduardo Pascaria, and written by Sam Humphreys. This is interesting because we didn't cover this book, but um, yeah, remember one of the um, what it was the, one of the I seven. forget her name, but it was the Green Lantern from Krypton, yeah, who dies, which is interesting because that means that there's six original lanterns plus. Jessica Cruz has a ring. Mm-hmm. And remember oh, how the Jessica, rings. later on, we find out Jessica has one of the original rings. What if hers is one of the original rings because she's the one alive now? Mm-hmm. Or what's the chance of maybe Simon getting that ring from the Kryptonian now? Since Simon's ring was destroyed. True. That's probably what's going to happen. Gonna be, it's going to be interesting probably, to see where this goes. That's a, that's a great theory. Because in this, um, in the cover here, it shows Simon with a ring on. Let me go back up to look at the picture. Yeah, he's in his Green Lantern attire with, along with the other... Just League or Just League, uh, Lantern, Lantern Corps, yeah, the original Lantern Corps members. So, but the next one up, um, is it? Yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> yep, Justice League number twenty-seven, um, Legacy Part Two. A massive metahuman war threatens to level the future ripe, or to leave the future ripe for conquest by the despot known only as Sovereign. So, so warn the children of the Justice League. Um, who have come back in time to save the world. But the term blood feud takes on new meaning when the younger heroes declare that for the crisis to be averted, one of the Justice League must die. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Uh-huh. Art is done by um, Eau Claire Albert and Fernando Passerin, and is written by Brian Hitch. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes now. And the cover looks almost like, um, just, actually, you know what that reminds friends. me of? Yeah, Challenge of the Super Friends. Mm-hmm. When they just start going at dun 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 uh-huh. dun 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 dun, the cover looks awesome, but it's gonna be. It I looks like the that, um, <laughs> human war is what caused the future we have. Yeah, it seems like that's what happened. This issue is gonna tell us basically what happened. So, and I want to know why. Now they might not be from the time of New Fifty Two, but the way the relationships are going with these characters seem like they are. From yeah, the these new are all 52 the New Fifty Two characters. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens there if they figure out what happened to their own timeline. Why, you know, that boom two could have just sent them to the wrong time. They know they're in the past, but which past? Yeah, because you know things change all the time in DC universe. Uh huh. Um, well, if you go with the Flash's version of it, that when um or the Legends of Tomorrow from the TV series, mm-hmm. when you make a change, it doesn't automatically reset everything. Exactly, it takes a minute it takes to reset. A while to do so maybe so. these kids came back from the time before it reset. Because mm-hmm. this is what twenty years in the future. It takes yeah, it a while before that's a ripple effect. So all of these kids. Well, you got to also think all these kids are less than twenty years old. This yeah. is almost like a future Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I don't. I'm not looking <laughs> at it as a future Titans. I'm look. I'm still looking at it like this is the future. Um, Justice League, but a very young, or young justice. How is that better? I, I'll go with that. Justice. I'll go with that. 
Um, well, you got to think none of these kids are older than um, probably 18, like nineteen. 19. Yeah, um, they're teenagers still. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next issue is Nightwing issue number twenty-seven. Twenty-seven? Mm-hmm. Jeez, and we did some twenty-eights. Wow, time. Um, Spiral Part 2. Nightwing and Huntress have been ambushed by Spiral, and their old friend Tiger is leading the charge. Will the duo find out what corrupted their former agency, or are they about to be disavowed and burned? Uh, art done by Javier Fernandez and written by Tim Seeley. And it's interesting in this that um, Huntress comes back, because remember back when um, Dick was part of Spiral, Huntress was the leader of Spiral, mm-hmm. but it was as Helena Bertinelli. And things have now changed. that she's come back to become Huntress, mm-hmm. and she's With back the on the path of, of revenge again. Yep. So uh, the next up has been. Now we've not covered Superman. Oh wow. Yeah, I know that's what we've not been covered Superman because the last couple issues have been just it sleeper. Feel like sleeper. Superman. Yeah. It's basically been Superman teaching John history lessons about wars in the area, and um, it actually had a very political feel to it that I just didn't want to didn't bring want to, to put here. on the show. Yeah, I mean, Superman is the all-American boy, as we've seen here. But it, uh, was, it was strange seeing but, Superman I mean, in this. But what did Green Arrow call him? America's father? Yeah. So America's dad. Or America's dad. Well, this one's interesting, because we have Superman as a yellow lantern on the cover. Yeah. We have Superman number 29, Fear Itself Part 2. Wait a minute. No, no, no! Action comic, right? Huh? I was thrown off. Wait a minute. When did Fear itself Part One happen? Are we missing something? Uh, that's what I'm wondering. Um, give, give me a. I would say if you want to read that one, I'll uh, look up uh, the other stuff. I have Superman number twenty-eight right here, and that was not Fear itself Part One at all. This was Independence Day. So something happened that. Um, Unless that's in another one of the books in here somewhere. I don't know. Well, Fear Itself Part 2, according to this. Okay. This looks like a job for Sinestro. Trust, thrust into the antimatter universe of Quard, Superman's only hope is the former greatest of the Green Lanterns. Uh, I'm thinking they skipped, and that's supposed to be for number 30. But something we'll go really with it for weird now. happened here. I'm looking at this and... Look up Superman number 28 there. Fear Itself Part 1. Huh. It didn't. Say, the tone is nowhere near. No, this doesn't. Go to the end of the book. Did we well, miss read something? The, read the beginning. Read the description on that one. See if it's right. Uh, no, right it didn't say. Thing? It didn't give one. Actually, I remember we went over this. Okay. It, uh, it just told you what. What scares Superman? Yeah, it looks like they're about. They're one issue off somewhere. I'm thinking because that, that should happened. be what's coming up this week. Um, actually, I can tell you right now because I have the books on my. Um, I have the previews here. Give me just a moment here, and we will find out what's going on here. Yeah, I was like, did we miss something? Yeah, I was. I, 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 it's, it's weird. I was thinking, I guess, of action comics. Um, no, that's not. That's action there. I right? Yeah, that's Attack, a, or Superman. The Sinestro threw me off. I'm like, where did this come from? And the next Superman one after number this, number twenty-nine, it will be part three. Is what I'm looking up into the future. I don't know what we. Yeah. Um, a minute longer. On the cover, it says a minute longer. So I don't know. And it looks like this is starting here is um is the beginning of a new story then. So I think these are off by a we by a um issue, but we'll go with it for the moment. It's mm-hmm. Jaime Mendoza is the art and Doug Menk, and it's written by Keith Champagne, Patrick Gleason, and Peter J. Tomasi. So I'm not sure where this is, but it looks like either way we're starting the Sinestra story. Um next one is uh well still Superman kind of relate well Superman relate Super Sons issue number 7 Plan of the Capes part 2 a monster maker uh Cracklow mm-hmm. uh put Superboy to the test during their first team up with Damian 
Wayne's Teen Titans. As wave after wave of uh, Cracklow's wicked creation tried to overwhelm the Teen Titans, can Superboy turn the tide in his own onslaught of enemies? Now, the interesting thing is that um, the at the end of the last issue, the Titans were all aged way, way too old. Yeah, they were. So them that must decades. change <laughs> quickly in the very beginning of this. Um, R is done by George uh, Jimenez and written by Peter J. Tomasi. Okay. Um, the next one. Do you want to take the next one? I know. I know this is all you, man. Oh yeah, dude. Um, I'm, this one that you're I'm gonna shocked. love. This when one. I saw this, I was shocked. I'm like, perfect. We're getting it back. Uh, next one's Trinity Twelve. This is also the Trinity is uh, the Justice League is Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. Well, there's this thing called the Dark this Justice League. This actually has three Trinities in it. If yes. you look at the description. Wait, three, let me. I haven't even. This is Dark over. Destiny Part One. Ooh. But read <laughs> read the description, then we'll talk about it. Yes. Uh, well, guys. We have Trinity issue number 12, Dark Destiny part 1. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman must turn to the mystic trinity of Deadman, Zatanna, and John Constantine. When Red Hood, Artemis, and Bizarro are sacrificed into the depths of the, uh, the, uh, man. Pandora Pits. Thank you, I can get that out. Uh, by Cersei and Ra's al Ghul. Art done by Clay Mann and written by Rob Williams. No, I'm assuming. No, wait. There is a third person in the um, Cersei Rachel Rachel Ghoul. Remember, Lex Luthor. Who was the third one? Did Lex they Luthor. say it was Lex Luthor? They kept using. They kept referencing Lex. That the last issue because this gives you four trinities. You this got book the, should be like how many you pages? Get is the this? Trinity. You get the Mystic Trinity. You get the Dark Trinity, and you get the Villain Trinity. <laughs> if Luthor's in this, he better be in there. If not, we better get a part. Was what, what part was this? Part one, when part two, he'll probably come back. But he's not evil no more. I know. That's why I'm wondering. It's like, okay, who's going to take his spot then? I think Zod would be a good replacement, but that's just possibly. Uh, I can't wait for this. It's going to be probably the first book I pick up when I go to the comic store. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you anything with Justice League Dark in it, you're happy about. So. Oh yeah. Um, um, but since we flip flop, that puts me on um, Wonder Woman number twenty eight next. Uh, Heart of the Amazon part three, with the immediately the immediate threat. Subdued, Diana thought she could take time to help Etta Candy result, recover from her wounds. Hey, Etta's back. Was uh, that Etta on the uh, cover? I don't know. D- but possibly. Will, but will her presence put Etta in even more danger? Is that the incarnation? Is that Etta in this? I'm not sure. I've not been reading Wonder Woman. But I haven't. Um, picked, I haven't picked up the last couple of issues. Art of by Woman. David Messina and is written by Shay Fontana. And that's it for the Rebirth books. Yes. And we that brings us to our two honorable mentions for this week. Mm-hmm. And the first one we've talked about already a little bit. You want to cut this one or want me to do that? Ah, go ahead. Uh, Sandman special issue number one. Don't miss two new tales starring Jack Kirby's costume master of nightmares from the 1970s, Sandman, Brute, and Glob. Battle on battle an onslaught of dreams so powerful that they are invading the dreams of other people. Then a grown-up Jade Walker... Jed Walker. Jed, Jed well, who I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. Uh, I think that's, um, I don't know. <laughs> well, they return to the childhood home only to find himself haunted by dreams from his past. Plus, uh, a seldom seen Sandman story from 1970, just like what we got. So that's probably um, Jack Kirby, um, one of his stories. Mm-hmm. Um, ours is done by Rick uh, Leonardi, uh, John Bogdanovich. Bog- or D- Bogd- Bogdanov. Bogdavo. Bog- what? Bogdanov. <laughs> D- Bogdanov. We'll go. Thank uh, you. Bogdanova. <laughs> uh, and it's written by Steve Orlando and Dan Jurgens. Cover done by Paul Pope. The reason I'm doing the cover because it's a special. So. Mm-hmm. 
And then the final one is we're finally there. We get the Dark Knight's Medal number one. Oh, and by the way, guys, in the advertisements for uh, the week of comic books we did, they showed and revealed the uh, Batman counterparts of the Justice League, and yeah. they look scary. Yeah. If I can find that photo anywhere did you online. See, did that? I don't I'll remember. Was it. those photos, did they show the Batman who laughs? No. I've seen pictures no. of it already. You can look. At, you can you? find them online. All right. Well, while you read that one, I'm going to do some Look up Dark Knight's, um, just Dark Knight's Metal, and then go to Image Search, and you'll see it on there. But we have Dark Knight's Metal number one. And this is a pretty good long ex- explanation here. It says, I've been planning metal for as long as I've been writing Batman, but I want metal to be built upon or to build to be built upon the stories happening now in rebirth most of all we want to create new material that feels really modern and different and above all it's going to be fun even with terror and nightmares it won't be grim dark knight's metal will be celebratory huge and crazy according to scott snyder i'm looking forward to rockin and rollin together again fans have been loud and clear they want more from us, we're primed and ready to blow it up, according to Greg Capullo. It says, the superstar Batman team of writer Scott Snyder and artist Greg Capullo reunite for a massive universe-spanning event. Dark Knight's The Forge and the casting hinted at dark corners of reality that have never been seen until now. Now, as Dark Knight's metal begins, the dark multiverse is revealed in all its devastating danger, and the threats it contains are coming for the DC Universe. Dark Knight's Metal is a DC event unlike any other, one that will push Batman, Superman, and the heroes of the Justice League beyond their limits to take, to take on threats unlike any our world has ever seen. It will take the combined might of the world's greatest heroes, um, as you've never seen them before, to face what's coming their way. Now, the art is done by Greg Capullo, and Jonathan Gallipion is helping him out. Uh, and was written by Scott Snyder, but you have some all-stars doing the covers for these. We have Andy Kubert, John Romita Jr., and Jim Lee are all doing covers for this, or variant covers for this. Hmm. So, that, which one's, ah, the Batman Who Laughs? Well, go, you can see some other pictures if you, when you Google it, too. Yeah, I see that, too. We're not, I'm gonna let that one sit for a while. <laughs> hmm. But that's it for our books for next week. And that brings us to the end of another show. It does. We had we had a lot of uh, stories coming out this Oh, week. yeah, there was a lot of stuff. This is actually a little bit longer issue than normal, too, I think. I don't know. We'll find out when, the edit, when it edits down. So, um... So, Vern, like I said, that brings us to the end of this. And um, there's some great stuff on the horizon from everything happening at DC. From the... Um, in the books, looking at what's coming up with Justice League, with... Um, uh, with Batman or what's going on with Superman and Sinestro? Yeah, I that came um, out of nowhere for me. But uh, in the movies, hmm. lightening uh, up the lightening up the tone of Justice League can't do anything but make it better. Yeah, and just not by lightening up just the tone, you're staying true to the characters once again, showing yeah. what they really bring to the table with their personalities. And going back to TV, TV is going to be awesome this year. Adding oh, yeah. a new um, Black Lightning series, we're looking forward to um, Titans for next year. Uh, and even Young Justice Season 3 is coming. Mm-hmm. We got, can't forget that one. And what, when and where are we going to get this new um, DC streaming app? Yeah, that's, the, that's my main question. I want to hear some news about that because they're not the only one going uh, with the streaming service. A lot yeah. of different companies are doing that. Well, I just saw Disney mm-hmm. is, has ended their deal with Netflix. They're getting ready to pull all their stuff off of Netflix to do the same thing. Now, now think with Disney doing this, that's going to put um, – that's Disney, Marvel. Right. 
well, Lucasfilm, right? And even things like Touchstone Pictures. Now, Disney. here's what uh, here's the thing. I had a question. I was listening to another podcast the other day with the Disney thing. Now they didn't say they were pulling anything. They just said they're going to start their own streaming service in 2019. But I think it's been I, recently they've actually so uh, is all, started, all their stuff that's on yeah. there going to come off well, or they're going to stay. They're not going to. More than likely, what it is going to be is they're not going to re up their um, contract they with just let it go. Netflix. Yeah, they okay. have a certain contract already. Okay, I think that's going to have to go contract, up until they get done in Okay. Well, we're gonna get a new streaming service for uh, Warner Brothers DC Comics. Um, I got a lot of good stuff coming out of Dark Knight Metal. I'm still not finding anything from the man who laughs, but a Batman wait, wait. who laughs. Scroll back up to the top. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm looking. Oh wait, scroll down. Scroll down. Actually, one, a couple of these ones. Look at, click on that. There you go, right there. Well, that's the same one I just came from. I know. But, but that's that's the only way I've seen. Oh, okay, that's the only way I've seen too. Was that? Yeah. So I was like, is there any more I want to see? It's like the cover silhouettes. They actually have the one from the band who laughs. Yeah, and he so. looks like a Joker. Exactly. But well, all of these look like their counterparts, their villain counterparts. A lot. But of times. he doesn't have. If you notice, I, this is I think the real Batman. He doesn't have any logo. Everyone yeah. else has a logo. He does not have anything. Exactly. So uh, get ready to see Batman as a Joker, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> so Vernon, why don't you go and let everybody know where they can find us? Guys, you can find us on our social media accounts at uh, Superpowers DC on Twitter. We are DC Superpowers Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. My personal one, Howling That Wolf on Instagram, Facebook. I am Vernon McWayne Moore on Twitter. I am V Yellow, and you can find my co my uh, I shouldn't say coworker. Well, you are my co host. My co host <laughs> Ken on his social media at. At, um, on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm just Ken Rose. I know some of you, have, um, I believe, found me because I've had a lot of people in finding me up on Twitter and stuff. Heck yeah. So if you do find me on Twitter or Facebook, let me know where you found me at. Let me know you're listening to the show. I mean, that would be fantastic, mm-hmm. knowing that the listeners are actually finding us and stuff. As I've got to over a 1,000 on my social media on Instagram. So Yeah, and I saw it. Um, th- I know you guys are... Um, joining us on Twitter and Instagram and stuff because I've seen the likes um, and the followers ra- go Increase. up on our um, mm-hmm. on the social media for the DC Superpowers podcast. Mm-hmm. So, but you can also reach us um, here at in the basement of Hall of Justice at the DC Superpowers podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on the Tangent Bound Network at tangentboundnetwork.com and the Weeby Geeks Network at weebygeekspc.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Other than that, Vernon, do you have anything else before we wrap this up tonight, sir? I think I included everything I needed to this week. I had a big week. Oh, yes. Um, and still a little conf- guys out there. If you can, email us. Hit us up on our social media. Let me and Ken know somewhere. Fill us in on what happened with the Sinestro ring and Superman, because that's the yeah. one thing I'm curious that's, about. And was that a mistake, the, um, the way they did the solicits? That's a little weird. So we'll find out next week, though. Yes. So, Vernon, thank you for hanging out with me again this week, sir. Anytime, anytime. And We're- Super Friends, we'll see you next time, too. 